Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Islanders can never say die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. Hey, Grump, how are you? That's me. I'm doing okay. Oh, goodness gracious, Grumpy. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about Islanders. There's a lot to talk The thing is, there's a lot going on outside of the Islanders. Don't know if we're going to have a chance to touch on it and get to it today. Um, but there's a lot to talk about here, Grumpy. Um, obviously, most notably, Dominic Hasek made his return out of retirement. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, he happened to suit up there. Uh, he went under the pseudonym of uh, Hauser there for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. I-, I wasn't sure if you knew that, so I'm glad I was able to shed some light there for you. There's a reason why we don't let you do jokes on this podcast, and that's the reason why right there. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like that, Grump? You can't deliver a joke. You suck at it. Oh, goodness gracious, grumpy old man. I, well, as long as you're happy with yourself, I can tell by the big poop-eating grin on your face that you just thought that was the funniest thing ever. It's not. You're not funny. Oh, Sorry. goodness gracious, grump. Well, I'll transition that right away there into making sure we read there the ad, the sponsor there of DraftKings. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with DraftKings' daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans also, it may have missed out on season-long fantasy last year, so now's the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now and download the DraftKings app. Use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action to add a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes. Again, that is code THPN at a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. A minimum of a $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Grumpy. You did a pretty good job on that. I've been practicing. Obviously, making sure I read it there frontwards, backwards, and uh, side to side. Well, that's really good. One thing I don't have to worry about is getting myself any body paint. Um, oh, oh, goodness, to lose and bet for the Islanders advancing in the next round of playoffs. I it think really, if, 
Is that's what it's looking like right now. It's looking like I'm going to have to pay the piper. For those who didn't get a chance to listen there towards the end of the last podcast, Grumpy Old Man and myself are trying to get a friendly wager going on to determine who has to do something uh, that, I guess, tests the boundaries or pushes the boundaries uh, if the Islanders win the first playoff round versus if they lose the first round of the playoffs. So Grumpy Old Man, I'm sure as you can imagine, is in the uh, opinion that we're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I was last week leaning towards a win. Uh, looking like that is a fleeting thought, but I'm still going to stick with the position. Well, I noticed you said, well, you know what? Hey, we got Buffalo and we have uh, New Jersey. And then we have the one game of Boston. That's 12 possible points. If we come out with, you know, 10 of those points, we're going to be get on a roll before the playoffs. And we come out. And we look absolutely terrible against the worst club in hockey and get beat by a guy who is an EHL goalie, ECHL goalie. And uh, how is that for getting yourself ready for the playoffs? Oh, trust me, we're going to dive into it. And, you know, there's a lot of people on social media back and forth, back and forth there with Barry Trotz's decision last night. I'll tell you this much. I think it's the liar, the liar, Barry Trotz, the lying code, Barry Trotz, that guy to answer your question, grumpy old man. And I want to answer it. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's exciting. I don't think uh, fans are entering the playoffs with a lot of uh, enthusiasm or high expectations. I could tell you that much, because even though we sat out, you know, the best player or the best player on this team last night. And, uh, you know, we're in a time period where we want to go ahead and give players a rest. It is not reassuring to lose two games to the worst team in the NHL who is starting an ECHL goalie. That's not reassuring. So to answer your question, I have to feel like people have some angst with this team right now. I mean, we just uninspired performances. We look steps slow. So what's the remedy? We bench Matt Barzell. Good remedy. How'd that work out for you? We had jump, but we still can't score. We're just just a team of Jags. And then Barry went and lied about it after the game. So I give him an F minus, an F double minus for yesterday and the day before. Okay, hold on. Hold on a second. What do you mean he lied about it? Explain that a little bit more, Grump. Okay. Let's see. We have Anthony Bavillier come out after the game. And they specifically. Well, I will read you. I will read you the quote because I don't want you to paraphrase. This is the quote that Anthony Bavillier said. Do you remember the question? He the question was regarding Matt Barzal being scratched. And a wake up call for the Islanders. Did it serve as a wake up call for the Islanders? The response was, "It's not what you want to see, but it's part of the game. It's part of the business. Pretty much all I can say right now." Okay. Okay, so what does that lead you to say? Why was he benched? I th- he was benched to make a point. Okay, then what did the what did the armadillo say after the game? You remember? He is going to make sure we're essentially in a load management time period. We're going to go ahead and give players rest because we're getting near the playoffs. These games don't mean much, and 
and here's the point, you know, I want to answer your questions, but I want to, I have a different point of view with you on this. I will answer your questions. I will entertain this, this uh, question, this question process, Grom. but he said he wants players to get rest that play a lot of hard minutes. If that was the case, and if he told the locker room that, which you, you know he must have, um, why would Anthony Bavillier answer the way he answered? You want to know why? Because he lied to the media, and he couldn't think up another lie after the team got rolled again against Buffalo two nights in a row. He couldn't come up with a lie quick enough to cover his steps. It was a punishment step for Matt Barzell. That's what it was, because why? Because when we're looking to punish somebody, that's who we punish. And let's see who else, right? He goes this big, right, the big diatribe. Oh, we want, everyone's going to get rested. You think he's going to sit Nelson? When was the last time Nelson scored? I mean, it seems like we've been raining for 40 days and 40 nights. Noah found land quicker than the last time Nelson has scored. So is he going to sit? Is Bailey going to sit? You want to rest everybody, right? Doesn't matter how you're performing. We just want to bench. We just want to rest guys. Let's see who he rests. Let's see who he benches tomorrow. Let's see. Because there's quite a few guys on this team who are not performing. Not, not, not just Matt Barzell, quite a few other guys. The sacred cows, I like to call them. Let's see if he let's see if he benches gives them the rest period. I doubt it. Okay. Well, are you finished? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Here it is, right? I will say it is very odd. Then Anthony Bavilli answered the question the way he did. I mean, like, it could have been very clear with it just saying, hey, we're at a time period where everybody's getting rest. And that would have, I had no issue with it. And, and I want to say this, right? Overarching issue, an overarching point. I have no issue at all with players getting rested at this point of time. I think it's actually a good idea. I think it's a good idea for your players, the Islanders team and the organization, who is an older organization, getting some rest. Players that are 30 years old, you want to make sure they're rested up for the you want to make sure they're rested up for a Stanley Cup playoff run. Have no issue at all with resting those type of players. None. That being said, Bavillier's comment was off-putting. And you know, people are saying, hey, you may be just trying to stir up things. I look at it differently. I really do. Why oh why? What do you say? It's just part of the business. I really can't speak on it too much right now. If it's load management, why the hell not come out and say, yeah, we just want to make sure everybody's rested up for the playoffs. And I can tell you one thing. If Coach Barry Trotz has that going forward and says we're resting players for the playoffs, everybody in the locker room is going to know that. It's not like it's a kept secret. It's like, shh, pass it on. Matt Barzal is going to be set because he needs to be rested. Don't tell anybody. And by the end of times, you know, gets all the way through the rest of the line, nobody knows what's going on. Everybody knows to some extent what's going on in the locker room. I just thought that was a very off-putting answer. Here's the thing. I think that he is going to rest players. I think that he should rest players. I think that your Brock Nelsons, your Kyle Paul Marys, your Scott Mayfields, I think players like that should get rest. Your Andy Greens. Give them a game off. These games, these last three games, mean absolutely nothing. We've already locked ourselves into the inability to make, you know, or get some sort of home ice advantage. So give the players rest. No issue with it. But do I think it's going to happen? That's a different question. Seriously, it's a different question. Yeah, I, I have no problem with resting, guys. It's the fact that see, either Anthony Bavillier is too stupid to understand, which I guess is what Barry is trying to say. He's just too dumb to understand that I'm just resting, guys. Or 
It was a punishment. I tend to believe it's a punishment thing because that's how Barry Trotz operates. When Anthony Bavillier makes that statement, that tells me that you're not resting guys just to rest them. Now, he might do it now since he's been caught in a lie, okay? And you know what? If he wants to rest guys, I have no problem with it. Rest them. But obviously, Anthony Bavillier, that was not the message that was conveyed, conveyed to the locker room or Anthony Bavillier, and that's a problem that I have. Period, in a nutshell, right there. No problem resting, guys, because we're going to come in fourth anyway. And we're going to get beat. Whoever we play in the first round is going to beat our ass. Right, We're going to get kicked. We're going to have our asses kicked right off the planet. That's the way it's going to be. Who's the only team we've beaten in the last three or four weeks? The Rangers. Okay. When's the last time we beat anybody other than the Rangers? We beat other teams beside the Rangers. I do want to tell you, Grump, there is something going on right now. Right now, you've got a lot of Islander fans who are tuning in watching the Ranger game. There's something that happened in the Ranger game that I think is worth bringing up here today. And we're going to touch briefly on it. Uh, we might touch more into this situation there on the uh, the podcast we have tomorrow with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. We're talk more sports in general. You can find that channel there, again, on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. But... There was an incident that happened right off the puck drop, grumpy old man. Does this give you chills and goosebumps uh, reminiscent of an older time? Uh, a full line fight, essentially. It's there, great. Right, off, it's great. right off the drop of the puck. I love it. I love it. And we are going to talk a bit about this tomorrow in depth, without yeah. a doubt. We're this is a national story, and that's what the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man podcast is about, national stories. And this is definitely one. And I'm glad there's a hockey one. It's fantastic. I love when hockey is – uh, in the limelight, honestly. And good. Good for the Rangers, honestly, for sticking up for their guy. Good for them. Okay. Here's the thing. I'll tell you, and we'll touch on it, right? I think people have an obsession with Tom Wilson. They really do. I'm not a Tom Wilson fan. I can tell you this, though. I watched what transpired, and I don't know. I've seen him do a lot worse stuff before in the past. <laughs> I guess that's where my, my entire point comes in. I'm like, yeah, Tom Wilson's no saint. I've seen him do a lot worse things there in the past, though. Yeah, well, you know what? It is what it is. I mean, that's who Tom Wilson is, okay? And if you watch the whole incident that happened, I don't want to touch on it too much. It's an Islander podcast, okay? But if you look at the whole thing play out, I mean, Panarin was jumped on his back two or three times. Then Busnevich jumped on top of him, too. What do you expect the man to do? I mean, you know, he's just he's fighting for himself out there. And I'm not a Tom Wilson fan. I mean, he's a dirty player. But you know what? Uh, I've seen him do a lot worse. I've seen I've seen a lot worse things just in any, any NHL game, honestly. He gets penalized because of his rep. But the bigger fallout is uh, what's happened – Today, this afternoon, with what the Rangers have done, and like I said, we'll go fully into that tomorrow because it's still a developing story. I know you really don't want to touch it, Grump. You're trying to give teasers. Hey, go check out TJ and the Grumpy. Old. That is exactly right. That is exactly what I'm trying to do. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. And if you had a brain, that's what you would try to do too. Here's the thing: you can talk about it, and you can come to more profound conclusions tomorrow because there's always it's well, always. I don't want to talk about it today. I want to talk about the Islanders today on the Islanders podcast. That's oh. all. Anyway, Grumpy, I'll tell you this much. And I'm DVRing that game, by the way. Did you ever think, did you ever think we would have a first line, a playoff caliber team would have a first line of Michael Del Cole, 
Travis Zajac, as well as Jordan Everly. I know we're resting players, but it's just kind of funny to think about, isn't it? We weren't resting players. We were benching them, okay? Matt Martin had a crappy game the last game. Leo, uh, uh, Captain Hook from the good ship Lollipop drew two hooking penalties in the first period, and Matt Barzell looked disinterested. They really did. So, you know, that's why they got benched. Barry, can he can spout whatever garbage he wants to spout now, but that's why they were sad, okay? Now, here's the thing. Now to have any credibility, he's got to sit everybody on the team the rest of the way. Let's see what he does. I'll be interested to see what he does. I, he doesn't have to sit everybody the rest of the way. Well, we want to get everybody rested. For the, it's all about the playoffs. We want everybody to get rested up for the playoffs, right? So 23-year-old Matt Barzell has to sit. Why does he have to sit? How come you're not resting any of these 30-year-old guys? How about Letty, who looked like absolute garbage the last two games? How about Scott Mayfield? How about Andy Green, who's been a disaster? You want to know who's going to get benched? Noah Dobson. That'll be the next one. You watch. Why? Because he needs a rest. Well, we got the 38-year-old who's a human turnover machine out there. He's going to play all the time. Let's bring Coburn back in. You know we're never going to sit Letty. We're never going to sit Pellick and Pulak. Why not rest those guys? They get macho super minutes, right? How about Bailey? How about Nelson? How about with Ben? How about Palmieri? Two points in 14 games. What a trade. Boy, that was a great trade. F minus, right? That's what I should have just stuck with what I to begin with. I let myself, I let myself talk myself into a B, but that that what a colossal blunder by by uh Lou Lamarillo. What a bad trade. Here we go. I you know it definitely, double D bad. It doesn't look good right now. I will tell you this though, you know, depending on how the playoffs go, really depends on how that trade works out. I can tell you one thing. If you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs and the regular season performance is the way it was with Kyle Palmieri, I can tell you one thing. Remember, we had a podcast not too long ago. Rumors were coming around that, hey, Anthony Bavillier was being possibly shopped at the trade deadline. They were throwing his name out there. And, oh, maybe Kyle Paul Mary was the answer. I could tell you one thing. There is no way in hell the Islanders should sign back Kyle Paul Mary unless he has an unbelievable resurgence and rebirth. He needs a break. He's been, I mean, like, eh, he's creating offensive chances. But in the same token, you could tell. He just seems jaded out there on the ice. Kyle Paul Mary needs a rest. Give Kyle Paul Mary a rest. But will he sit out? Probably not. I'll tell you, though, there's no way the Islanders should sign back Kyle Paul Mary. None. That is the only positive through the trade and the way he's playing is that we don't have to see him after another, I don't know, seven games, three in the regular season and four in the playoffs, seven games tops. So within two weeks, we'll know. Oh goodness! We're just uh, we're just we're just on a downward spiral right now. I mean, I don't see I don't see how there's here's the thing, we're not playing the Rangers anymore. So, you know, who else can we beat? Can we talk about that too? The broadcast crew, Butch and Brennan. This was after the first loss to the the Sabers, where we blew that two goal lead and lost in regulation. They were trying to pontificate as to why the Islanders lost, and you saw the excuses were a plenty. Well, maybe the Islanders are just on a down. You know, they're just on a downer after beating the Rangers and after playing the Rangers. You know, they get up for the Rangers, and now that they're no longer playing them, it's hard to keep that enthusiasm and momentum. And then he also says, well, maybe it's because they've already clinched a playoff spot that, hey, you know, they're not too much worried about the games anymore. They've already clinched a playoff spot. You don't have to worry about, you know, home ice advantage. No need to worry about that on the ice. Here's the thing. You're a professional. 
this is this is always my overarching point. People are saying they're not playing for anything. They got nothing to play for. That is that has always pissed me off. You are a freaking professional. Bring the same level of effort every single night. None of that BS. And this is a veteran team. This is a veteran team. These are not a bunch of, you know, well, we know they're never going to be young guys on this team with this regime, but these are not a bunch of 20, 21 year olds who their attention span or their intensity can waver from game to game. These guys know exactly what it takes and exactly what Barry Trotz wants. And they can't do it. First of all, it's too tasking a system for older players over the long term. That that's just a fact. When you want to play grind it out every single night and you have an older team, you cannot bring it every night long term. How many games did we play last year when we went in our seven-game losing streak just before the shutdown? Was just, right before, on the- just before the shutdown, we won two out of 13 games. And the two games we won were against the worst team in the NHL, Detroit Red Wings, and the miserable San Jose Sharks. But how many games have we played? It's right around as many as we played right now, correct? Approximately. What I'm saying is never take sure. What I'm saying is the physicality of that system wears you down. And it looks like with this group, 50 some odd games is about as much as you can put into that before having a break. Well, like I said, I just I don't see us recovering from this. We're just we're just not playing very well. We got out his thing, and Buffalo was hideous. They're a horrible team. They couldn't string two freaking passes together. They couldn't stick handle, and somehow they just absolutely dominated us in the third period of both games. Flat out dominated us, and they're terrible. I mean, what what happens when we play somebody who can actually skate and pass? I mean, what's going to happen then? You really think we match up with Washington or Pittsburgh or Boston at this stage? I'm sorry. I just don't see it. It a little bit too much, little bit too much for you to comprehend, right? It doesn't look, it doesn't look encouraging. And here's my only tidbit: I really was riding on the hey, we can start building some momentum. That seems to be uh, fleeting as time continues. I'm not sure we're building momentum heading into the playoffs, especially if we're taking the mindset of we need to sit players. Um, you know, you want to still enter the playoffs though with some sort of momentum. But I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, we dropped two games there to the Buffalo Sabres. We've got two games upcoming against the New Jersey Devils. And we've got the last game of the season against the Boston Bruins. It's looking like we are a lock for the fourth seed. Which is fine. I mean, you know, you know, but here's the thing. Let's hope that they actually – let's hope that Barry actually sits everybody from here on out. If you're just, I mean, if you know, the rest of the season doesn't matter. It's about getting guys rest. I'm all for it. Let's see what he does. The proof is in the pudding. Let's see what he does. Let's see if he benches some of his favorites. I'm going to bet he doesn't. You might as well just field all AHL team the last three games. Get everybody a nice little mini mini rest. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, you can't do that, obviously, uh, you know, roster-wise. But in the same token, though, I would have no problem at all with him resting players. Anybody who's older, anybody who looks like they're slowing down a little bit, you know, they've got some niggles and naggles and some injuries. They need to be rested. I have no issue with that. I just, I am very curious as to see who gets sat tomorrow night. I'm very curious because are we going to see the same exact scenario 
or sitting, uh, you know, a Noah Dobson or an Oliver Wallstrom? Or are we going to see the players who actually need the rest, like a Brock Nelson, like a Kyle Palmieri, like a Scott Mayfield, like an Andy Green? Are those guys going to get the rest? Nick Letty. Yeah, Nick Letty too. No problem. No problem at all with that. Why not Pulak and Pellick? They're going to they're going to be asked to play big big minutes in the playoffs. They should absolutely see a couple of games off. I'd sit them tomorrow, and then I'd sit them the last game of the year. Here's the thing, too, right? If you sit your defenseman, we didn't sit any defenseman last game. But if you sit your defenseman, you also go ahead and get a little bit of game time play for your seventh and eighth defenseman who absolutely need it. I mean, you're telling me right now, Thomas Hickey, Colburn, Ajo, whoever you're going to throw out there on the ice, couldn't use a game or two when, you know, you're going to be asking, you know, you're right. Pelic and Pulak in overtime games to be carrying sometimes even 30 plus minutes a night. Yeah. Get him the rest. I don't get if real. If he's true to a true man to his words, and he might actually have to do it now since, you know, after Bavillier made that stand, here's the thing. We knew that wasn't the reason. Anyone who was fooled by that, I'm sorry. I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn, okay? Because it's it's horse. It's just horse manure. I'll just be what honest. What bridge are you selling? In, what bridge are you selling in Brooklyn? There you go, the Brooklyn Bridge. Hey, there you I'm go. Fine. I've got money. I'm looking to go ahead and buy a bridge there in Brooklyn. There you go. Oh goodness gracious, grumpy. Um, That's what suckers do. They buy the Brooklyn Bridge. I know. So if you fall for that malarkey, you're a sucker. I'm sorry. Oh, malarkey. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, I I, I don't take too much into it. Uh, this is going to be a very telling year, though. And here's a question for you. And for Islander fans out there, too, people who listen on live stream, people, people listen to the podcast, here's a question for you. Before we enter the playoffs, if we have an early exit, what do you think the excuse is going to be? I predict it's going to be an odd mix. It's going to be a mix of we didn't have Anders Lee, therefore we weren't able to make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals. When he returns next year, we're going to be back to being a Stanley Cup contender. I see that going to be. I see that's going to be an answer. Um, and I, I just wonder how many people are going to say it's because we didn't have Anders Lee. We haven't had Anders Lee for half the damn season. Uh, that's what we call panning for fool's gold, because that's what it is. Anders Lee is not going to make the difference in turning this team into a championship contender. He just isn't. And, and, he had, and he was playing well this year. But that's not the difference. That's not why our team has collapsed down the stretch, just like they did last year. We look, as a team, a step slow. We are getting, we've been outskated every single night. We're getting outskated. I mean – Buffalo, 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 people, Buffalo outskated us, dominated us. Tage Thompson, my gosh, he looks like, uh, I mean, he looks like the best forward out there. I mean, I, I mean, Tage Thompson, come on. They have no Eichel. They traded Taylor Hall. I mean. Here's, here's another thing as well. When you talk, here's another thing. When people are going to make excuses, if we have an early exit, that Anders Lee is out. You understand, we had the trade deadline. We made a move to address Anders Lee being out. There were just, it's not like you had a finite amount of moves to make to address that need. You could have gone any which way direction you could have possibly imagined or wanted. 
Don't throw Hall out there. Hall, you know, he used a no-trade clause to his advantage. My thing is, though, you could have made a trade for a guy who better fit the system and to play a first-line left-wing role. It's pretty honest and pretty obvious that Kyle Palmieri was not that guy. So, you know, people are going to make excuses. Andrews Lee's out. That's why we lost in the first round of the playoffs. If it does happen, again, I still take a... uh, I'm sure you're going to be shocked by this, Grump. I'm still taking a riding the middle of the fence type of position. You can. Uh, That's fine. I mean, I know what I see. I know what I see. Down the stretch, like I said, the third periods of the last two games, we were dominated. We were just – we couldn't get out of our zone. Here's the thing, too, right? I get it that we racked up a lot of shots as well last night. People are – I know there are going to be people listening – Racked up a lot of shots, right? How many of those shots came in the first period? I'm curious, right? 21 shots in the first period. Okay. So, again, you still had 29 shots there for the remainder of the game. That being said, we threw the puck towards the net, which is what we need to do. I just – I don't know what's worse. The fact that even if you do go ahead and create offensive chances, you get outskated. And, I mean, like, there was not a single convincing goal that the Sabres scored on us yesterday. There was not one goal where I said, wow, that was beautiful. You want to talk about fluky? You want to talk? I, I mean, like, I thought the majority of those goals were fluky, Grump. Here's the thing it's Buffalo. If you, I mean, if you want to start, well, hey, we played good against Buffalo. We had a lot of shots against Buffalo. It's Buffalo. They're the worst team in the freaking league. It's like saying, hey, we're great because we beat the Rangers two games. The Rangers aren't a playoff team. You're going to have to play playoff teams. How we match up against the playoff teams down the stretch? How we matched up against Washington? How do we match up against Pittsburgh? How do we match up against Boston after we won the first five? You want to see the craziest thing? I can't remember the exact number how it's changed, but Boston since trading for Taylor Hall, I think was eight one and two or some crazy number like that. When Boston since they've traded for Taylor Hall. It's like the light switch has flipped on for them. And again, I think that was a while ago. Look at that number. Give me a sec. I want to pull up the new record of Boston there since trading for Hall. But I mean, you want to talk about finding the key player to address a need. Boston did that superbly at the trade deadline. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's what happens. That's what a trade deadline acquisition is supposed to do. Like when the Islanders traded for Butch Goring, they were scuffling going into the trade deadline. And then when they picked him up, I think they were uh, eight eight wins, no losses, and four ties over the last 12. That's not the case with Kyle Palmieri and uh, Travis Zajac. They haven't addressed any needs. I mean, you know, those are just facts. I mean, you can delude yourself into thinking that, you know, these guys are the answer still. Uh, to me, I've seen enough sample size to realize they're not. Kyle Palmieri, the guy we gave up the first-round pick for, is on our third line. I mean, doesn't that say it all right there? I can tell you this much. It's not the first time at the trade deadline we've given up a first-round pick for a third liner. Uh, Yeah, that's true. You got to make sure you get the symbol in at the end. Um, It's brooms. But the whole thing is, yeah, and that was an over – and I love J.G. Pajot, but a first and second-round pick for a third-line player? And then you wonder why you don't have anybody in your farm system coming up ready to contribute in the future years because you keep on trading away first-round draft picks for guys who are, you know, 29, 30 years old. I mean, and then you re-sign a bunch of older veterans to long-term deals, and you wonder why you're in the boat with the salary cap. I mean, 
it's not rocket science. It really isn't. They figure this is this this is the last run or last one or two runs with this team before they have to blow it up. I'm I'm telling you that's what that thought process is there. By the way, grumpy old man, the Boston Bruins record since trading for Taylor Hall: ten wins, two regulation losses, and one overtime loss. Pretty good. That's a team you, you had mentioned it, right? You were singing the praises there, the Boston Bruins. You thought they were going to come on hot after addressing that need. They looked like they were really firing on all cylinders, and uh, you thought that really helped them out. Well, sure enough, there since trading there for Taylor Hall, Boston Bruins ten wins, two regulation losses, one overtime loss, and those two losses, regulation losses, were back to back last week, which ended their chance of winning division. They were, they were really rolling. I, that's not a team I want to play in the first round. We won't have to worry about that, of course, but you know because it's either Pittsburgh or Washington that we'll have to play. But still, it's like, you know, do you really want to play Boston right now? I wouldn't. With how well they're no. And Pittsburgh's hot as a firecracker, and Washington's doing really well too. I mean, here's the thing. This Wilson thing could galvanize them as a team, us against the world. Who knows? That's always important. That's always an important factor to take into place. You know how they react to something like that because they're getting a lot of media attention. Um, you know, either it's going to gobble them up, the moment's going to be a little too big, or just a distraction, which sometimes can never be good, or it unifies them, makes them closer. So, you know, I think that's interesting to watch as we go forward. Um, that being said, you know, it looks like out of the Penguins and the Capitals. Grumpy, who would you like to see in the first round of the playoffs? Because it looks to be a foregone conclusion. We're going to be probably sitting at fourth uh, in the division. Crazy how two, three weeks ago or three weeks ago here, we were for, we were first or a point or two out of first place. Now we're sitting in fourth. It just tells you how close and tough of a division this is. That being said, who would you rather th- see, the Washington Capitals or the Pittsburgh Penguins? I mean, I think Washington's too big and physical for us. Um Pittsburgh doesn't play as much defense. I guess maybe Pittsburgh, but I, honestly, the way we're playing and the one they're playing, I don't think it even matters. They're playing hockey. They're playing really good hockey right now, both of those teams, and we're not going into the playoffs. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but that's just the way it is. You like to have momentum. You don't get momentum by getting one point out of a possible four against the worst team in the league. That's not mo- That's negative momentum. Well, I, I told you about that's momentum. That's no momentum. Momentum. <laughs> no momentum. <laughs> I will tell you. I you know, I, I think in momentum is important. That's really why I thought if we were able to bang out a few wins against, you know, the cellar dwellers of the division, I thought maybe we'd be singing a different tune. Um, you know, we've taken a different approach. I don't disagree with resting players, as I mentioned earlier. We need to make sure we rest the older players who have had a grinding and tough season. That's who we need to rest. I don't need to see Oliver Wallstrom or no Dobson sitting again. I need to see guys like Pulak, Pellick, Mayfield, Green. I need to see those type of guys sitting. I need to see them getting fresh legs ready for the playoffs because as we have overtime games, they are going to be relied upon more and more. Because if we're in second overtime, do you think Barry Trotz is just going to be rolling the defensive pairings? Or do you think he's going to say, hey, I'm going to rely upon what it, you know, the uh, the uh, the pride there of the team? I'm going to rely upon their, uh, you know, the steady eddies. You know, the Pulaks and the Pelix. I don't think they're just going to be rolling lines at that point. Uh, you think we can score goals to push games against playoff caliber teams into overtime? 
Wow, that's a stretch too. No, no. You know, it could be zero zero or one to one heading into overtime. I didn't say it has to be a barn burner five five headed to overtime. Yeah, I mean, these teams can score. We can't. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't even know how many shots we had last night, but I know that our shooting percentage wasn't real high. Fifty shots. Fifty shots. Fifty shots. We had fifty shots on that. We had seen like we tested Hauser a lot. And we did. We put the puck on net very often. He came up looking like Dominic Hasek, though. It just seems like the Islanders complex. Whenever they're playing some journeyman goaltender, a career ECHL goalie, they stand on their head and they look like uh, Marty Brodeur, Dominic Hasek, Curtis Joseph, whoever want to throw out there. You think we're going to have 50 shots a game against any of the playoff caliber teams, or are we going to go back to maybe you know our 15 or 16 a game? We don't have – oh, stop, 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 stop. You know, I usually let you go on. We have more than 15, 16 shots a game, and 50 shots a game is not a realistic expectation. Come on. Come on, Grump. You got to work with me a little bit here. I'm just disappointed the season's going to be over in a week and a half. That's all. <laughs> it can't be over in a week and a half because the playoffs, I don't even think it start until the middle of next week. Two weeks. I just, I, I just, I just don't feel good about our team. I think we, we kind of bottomed out right now, and I don't think we have enough time to get it back together. I we still don't have, our lines are still in flux. I mean, the only teams that you can beat, well, actually, the only team you can beat is the Rangers. You can't even beat the Sabers. The Sabers. Anyone? Fifty shots. Out, you played the Sabers, the ECHL Sabers, and you lost twice. Not once, twice. I'll tell you this. I am. There is something I think you will enjoy, Grumpy. There really is. I think there's an article I want to pull up for you that you actually pointed out to me. It was, talk- oh, yes. it was talking about the Islanders having the smell and the sound of a dynasty, Grumpy. And it's I knew st- I just I just it's the stupidest thing I've ever read, honestly. The stupidest thing I've ever read my entire life, and I've been around quite a while, and I do a lot of reading. It's the stupidest article I have ever read. Moronic, submoronic. Well, I've got it for you. And again, I you know don't obviously blast whoever wrote it or anything like that, but it is worth looking at and kind of chuckling about because man, oh man, I don't know if the you know the news site there. It was the Islanders Inquirer wrote this year and uh, I could tell you this much the title obviously was very catchy Islanders seeing shades of dynasty in the current squad grumpy old man I'm sorry they did some team comparisons of players I I just they compared Trotz and Lamarillo to Al Arbor and Bill Torrey sorry sorry I'm, I'm sorry that doesn't cut it Al Arbor won four Stanley Cups. I'm sorry. No. Bill Torrey built a team that could play any style. Can this team play any style? No. Sorry. And Lou Lamarol was a great GM in his day. He's not anymore. Okay. Then we try to compare the players. Hold on. Stop. Stop. I'll I'll cut you off because you're going all over the place. Article says they compare Matt Barzal and he get memories of Brian Trottier. 
holy crap, I love Matt Barzal. Please do not tarnish Brian Trottier's name by throwing him in the same sentence as Matt Barzal. Not saying Matt Barzal can't grow into a player of that ilk, but Brian Trottier is on a completely different level than Matt Barzal is at this point in his career. Brian Trottier was maybe the best two-way. He would be perfect for this current team, honestly, because he played that two-way style. He's exactly the type of center that Barry Trotz would love to have because he played. He was two-way center. And I love Matt Barzell, but he's no Barry, uh, no Brian Trotchin. Not even close. Nick Letty, the lug the puck up the ice. I am reminded of the great Dennis Podvin. Again, again. I mean, what do you just – let's see defense. Let's take de- the greatest defenseman ever in Islander history, probably top five defenseman all time, and let's say that Nick Letty – who will occasionally bring the puck up the ice? Let's compare him to him. Sorry, I mean, in, in the kids' def- in his defense, he said he watched these players when he was twelve. So okay, you know, the back of his head was still soft. Okay, so you know, I don't think he really remembers what these other players did. You know, when I was a little bit older. I love Oliver Wallstrom too, but comparing Oliver Wallstrom, he reminds me of the skill set of Mike Bossy. Here's the thing. Sure, maybe has similar qualities. The skill set level is not even comparable, though. And that's my thing, right? I could say, yeah, a guy out there that's just kind of smart, has good hockey sense. He kind of reminds me of Wayne Gretzky that way. He always seems to be in the right place at the right, right time. Don't degrade the names of the all-time greats like that. And I like Oliver Wallstrom. But it's like saying, hey, a guy who's got unbelievable wheels. Hey, that guy, you know. I, <laughs> Jesus, you know, I read the article too. I glanced at it. Man, oh man, I just I'm not sure if they're just kind of like trying to find something to write about. But I knew you had an issue with this. I know I'm sure there are some Islander fans that also might have an issue with it. And I'll go there to the honorable mentions, Grump. You know, Matt Martin, the new Mister Islander, reminds him of Bob Nystrom. Bobby Nystrom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you got Bobby Nystrom, Mister Islander, and you want to compare. A fourth, the six million dollar man, a grinder on the fourth line, uh, to Bobby Nystrom. Okay, stop insulting Bobby Nystrom. Or his one, comparing average Anders Lee to Clark Gillies to a Hall of Famer. Stop, just stop, stop. Uh, it's it's comical. It's comical. And you're when you're when this guy was watching when they were twelve years old. These players were in their prime. They're not past their prime like all the guys he's discussing. I mean, then, you know, Noah Dobson, he compared to Ken Morrow. Okay, Ken Morrow is a defensive defenseman. Is that what Noah Dobson is? Is that what he projects to be? I think just because he's young. I think it's just because he's young. And Ken Morrow was young when they first started that big push and winning Stanley Cups in the dynasty. So, again, you know, maybe we're just going ahead and splitting hairs. But when I saw this article, I I laughed. You know, I I, I enjoyed reading it. It brought me some comedy, brought me some laughter. But, man, oh, man, come on now. We got to – you can't be likening, you know, Nicoletti. Oh, I'm sorry. And he was the worst one. Here's the worst one. He compared John Tanelli, all-time great, John Tanelli. Yeah. To he of the 14 games with the New York Islanders, one goal, one assist, Kyle Palmieri. Oh, please. Does Kyle Palmieri go in with reckless abandon into the corners? I mean, like I said, I don't know who this character is who wrote this story, but like I said, it's the stupidest story I've ever read. 
And again, we don't try to come at the guy. I just read it. I read the article, and it's you know, it's an aisles on eye, eyes on aisles. So immediately, I got a good kick out of that um, because I mean, like they're always just throwing anything out there. The if the Islanders inquire, but Nick Letty to Dennis Potvin, stop. I can't. I'm sorry. I I, I can't. I won't, we won't show too much to too much more of that. I saw that and I knew there were going to be fans and listeners there who would enjoy seeing that. I knew Grumpy, you loved when you saw that as well because it made you so happy. You said, you know what? Those are the exact same players I would compare them to as well. This is a dynasty. Making the playoffs three years in a row reminds me and it gives me that uh, that nostalgic feeling of an Islanders dynasty. Making the playoffs three years in a row. That's how you know we've been. Okay, but that's that's the problem with you know. And here's the thing: I understand, I understand, particularly younger Islander fans. But anyone's been a, a fan for a while. When you're a loser for years and years and years, you think that making the playoffs is like the greatest thing ever because you never you don't make the playoffs. You make it one every couple of years. You might squeak into the playoffs, but you know what? To me, making the playoffs should be expected, and that should be the expectation for this team now, honestly. Now it's, let's take it to the next level. That's what I want to talk about, too, because you know, no matter how this season ends and no matter what happens in the playoffs, that needs to be the goal going forward in a year-in, year-out basis. The expectation is to make the playoffs. Anything less is a disappointment. That is how you start changing the moment. That's how you start changing the frame and changing the way the organizations run. It's no longer, hey, we're making the playoffs. This is awesome. We're making the playoffs. I'm getting feelings of nostalgia from the dynasty area. The dynasty era. It shouldn't be the case. It should be, hey, we're making the playoffs on a year in, year out basis. If we don't make the playoffs, we're shocked by it. That's the type of mindset they have to have. I think that I think the I think our organization does have that mindset, but I, I'm just talking more fans in general. That's the mindset the fan base has to have as well, because I really honestly believe that this cast and crew, this organization, Lou Lamarillo, Bailey, Barry Trotz, and every single member of this organization has the expectation of it is it's bare minimum a requirement for us to make the playoffs on a year in year out basis, which is good. Right. My hope the, that's the bet that's the the most important thing that Lamarillo and Trotz have done is they've changed the culture within the organization, without a doubt. The fans, the fans, as usual, are late to the party. I'm already past that, okay? My expectation is we make the playoffs. Now it's let's get to the next level. And is Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo, are they the right people to get us there? That's a bit, That's a big question. That's an off-season question because I think we're going to have to change some type of structure to get to the next level considering the players we have. Oh, stop. I'm not going to make those preemptive judgments. We'll have to wait and see. I'll tell you one thing. You talk about how Barry and Lou were able to change the image of the organization and the mindset. It took them one year to do that. That's incredible. It's incredible. Completely changed overnight. There was no, hey, we're going through a drudging, rebuilding again. They came in, stuck everything in the lineup, and it worked. I will tell you, that's a great job by Barry and a good job. I told you, an excellent job by Lou in that capacity. Uh, that being said, grumpy old man, we have some comments. I want to start getting some comments, too, because today is one of the days on Wednesdays we do not have the call-in feature. Oh, sad, I know, I'm sure, for some. Uh, you know, we got Scott Levy. He was saying he likes the shirt, grumpy old man. He's saying, hey, how are you doing? Um, yeah, thank you. Jerry Springer, former mayor of Cincinnati, says the cul-de-sacking hairlines. I love it. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> and Brian J said, if we're in trouble, a lot inside the Islanders cough cause Barry Trotz. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand the statement. Um, but we are in trouble. I, I mean, I don't think you could deny that, right? The only team we could beat is the Rangers. And we could, this reminds me of 1996, 1997. We couldn't we couldn't beat anybody else, but man, we always got up and played well against the Rangers. Then we'd lose every other game. But boy, we play those Rangers tough. That's what the tail end of the season has kind of reminded me of. Mm. Brian J also says the podcast brought to you by Rogaine, always a classic. Uh, Cliff, Cliff Neal there says uh, two straight losses to Boston in their AHL goalie. First round elimination and no more than six games, regardless of the opponent. He's not wrong. I hate to say it, he's not wrong. The other teams are playing extremely well. We're playing extremely poorly. If you're expecting that to turn around when we have no offense, just none, your first line, I, 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 I laugh every time I see Leo out there and I hear them pedal the line. Oh, he's so great with Matt Barzell. No, they don't score. The number one thing for your first line to do is to score. It's not to play defense. It's to score. That's what your first line needs to do. And Leo Komarov doesn't help that in any way, shape, or form. Scott also says here, another career minor league goalie in Hauser. The Islanders made look like a Hall of Famer. They always make career minor league goalies and third-string goalies look like Patrick Waugh. Yeah. I mean, that's really any time. You, know, you figure those are goalies you should beat, but the Islanders never seem to beat them. And again, I honestly am not shocked by that at all. It's kind of the expectation, you know. And the funniest thing is, who was the guy? They brought it up on the trivia last game. I cannot remember the uh, accountant or whoever he was there, the backup, the Zamboni driver, the 42 or 43 year old goalie that just made his first appearance in career win. Uh, David uh, Ayers. The, the, against the Maple Leafs. What the hell was his name? David Ayers. David Ayers. Honestly, I'm shocked that didn't happen against the Islanders. I mean, like I laughed that it happened against the Maple Leafs, but I think about how how often guys who are just streeties, you know, walk off the street, don't really have the NHL pedigree first time. I mean, this is these are the first two games, I think, in the career of uh, Hauser. He comes up there and tears it up against the Islanders. Hauser wasn't great. I mean, he was spitting out he was spitting out rebounds all night long. If we had any net fund present, I'll tell you what, average would have had a field day with how he plays. I mean, everything was right there in the crease for the to knock in. How many times Clutterbuck? Every here's the thing. That's what happens when you don't have talent because you get the puck in front of the net on a rebound and you're always falling off your stick, or you're hitting a crossbar, or you're missing the net altogether. Talented players find ways to score those goals. I thought his rebound control was terrible yesterday, um, but we just didn't just didn't cash in. I'll tell you, and you can you can feel the momentum change. The tail end of the second period, the momentum changed, just like the game before. I mean, I thought we played the first period really, really well, just like uh, I thought we played the first period of half the other game really well. I we had the lead, and then we choke it away. I'm glad you just kept pausing. I thought you're going to finally stop, but I'm glad you did grump. I want to give Arthur staple credit. I do. Did you watch the post game, the post game interviews last night? Grump? I watched Barry. I, I, I watched Barry and, and Bavillier. Okay, good. So you heard the questions. Arthur, Sta Arthur staple actually asked hard hitting questions. 
again, like we we rip the Islanders media cartel. Arthur Staple actually asked some tough questions. And again, a little round of applause there for Arthur Staple. I can tell you this much. He was asking, hey, do you have any type of worries? Now you've dropped, you know, games where you had two goal leads over the Buffalo Sabres and you went up losing against a dead last team, essentially, you know, what are you, are you worried? You have, I think it's like, again, asking some harder hitting questions, not really questions I'd expect from the Islanders media cartel. So I do give credit where credit's due. Maybe he got his new press credentials for next year. Or he already got re-upped so he can ask the questions he's always yeah, so now he can ask a tough question, you know, now for the end of the year, he figures, you know, Lou and Barry, they'll forget about it over the summer anyway. Oh. And he asked a tough question. No. Oh, yeah. And then um, Brian Jay also saying, not looking good, fellas. This might be the downfall of the Islanders. It's only a matter of time before the age is catching up. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it is. I'm sorry. We have a bunch of average players who are older. I'm sorry. You're not going to win like that. It, it just, It's just not going to happen. And, and here's the thing, right? We all acknowledge that Barry Trotz is a great coach. I will tell you, I it's going to rub me the wrong way if we do not rest older players who need the rest. That's going to rub me the wrong way a little bit because I see it. And I'm like, holy crap, we're there. He almost has everything perfect. I just see that one little bit. It's like seeing like a nick of a perfectly brand new baseball card, and it's got a nick corner. You're like, oh, it's awesome, except that one little issue. That's how I always felt about Barry. There's little tiny bits here and there where I don't agree on. But for the most part, generally speaking, I agree with most everything he does. Um, we can argue about the style the Islanders play. You know, it's not conducive really to, to long-term success and longevity in playoff runs and Stanley Cup championships or Stanley Cups. Uh, you know, that's a whole different argument. Uh, he's in, I'm sorry. Uh, he's a really good regular season coach. Yeah. That's what I'll say about him. He's inflexible. Without a doubt, not going to change his style of system again. When you have certain, and for this team, honestly, this is the style for him to play. I really believe that. But when you have a team that's more talented, this style is not conducive to winning. It just isn't. Not long term, it's not. Absolutely grumpy old man. Um, we got also some comments there. Frank K saying, what a wild day at Madison Square Garden. Dolan is an ass. I don't disagree with that. And again, we're going to talk more about that on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man podcast tomorrow where we cover more just sports in general. You can find us there again, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Um, yeah, and uh, I do find this funny too. Scott Levy brings up there, uh, one second in the Rangers-Capitals game, there's a line brawl and no Wilson. In on that brawl. You have to figure Wilson's going to get a fight in some capacity before the game. To me, to me, if Laviolette was smart, he would have sat Wilson today. That that's what that's what I would have done. I wouldn't have sent I wouldn't have sent Wilson out there against the Rangers. Nope. Help try to defuse the situation. Just that's what you should try to do. <laughs> And Brian Jay also says there, maybe we can get an ex, a, a, a Rangers ex general manager to develop our prospects. Uh, you know, I mean, let me tell you something. John Davidson, uh, I know he's a Ranger. A lot of people don't like him. He's a class guy. He's always been a class guy. I hate to see him get the axe today. That was old Dolan. It was old Dolan. And we'll talk about it tomorrow, but that was, I'm sorry, handled very poorly. But the one thing I'll tell you what, the, uh, their GM, Gordon, I believe his name was, he's able to pick 
guys who put the puck in the net. Let's give them that, right? Yeah, hey, got to go ahead and score in order to win there. Uh, Tommy B, Coach Tommy B says, hey, gents, how are you doing there, Tommy? Um, Tommy with the drive for five, correct? Yeah, with the drive for five. That's right there. Yeah, and Tommy B saying they're resting players to keep them fresh. They always do this. You know, I I will be interested to see who continues to sit and who doesn't. I think there are a plethora of players that can use rest. Will they get it? No. Again, I am a huge supporter of resting a team, and Grump and I have talked about this. We're not opposed to the idea of sitting players at this point. It's a good idea because we're an older team. We have to be able to be fresh for the playoff push. I worry that we're not going to sit the older players, though. Yeah, that's that's my concern. I, I mean, he almost has to do it now with him coming out and saying it. You know that's not what he that's not what he said to the locker room pregame. That is not what he said. They look at the way they responded after that poor game and benching Matt Barzell. They came out playing like their hair was on fire. And then as the game went on, we resorted back to the way we've been playing the last number of weeks for the most part. And uh, you know, post-game, what was he gonna say? You just lost twice in a row to Buffalo. So you can't say that that worked. Okay, so now he's going with, well, we're going to arrest everybody. But just listening to Bavillier's statement tells you that he was being dishonest with well, why he benched Matt Barzell. We will see tomorrow because that's one of those things, right? There's always a fine line because, you know, he's, I'm sure he's going to sit players, right? But he might be, you know, might be a little bit of coach talk. Hey, we're going to sit players. We want to make sure everybody has enough rest because I heard the comment too, right? Right. When he's saying, hey, Barzell. Uh, Matt Martin and Komarov get rest because, you know, they play a lot of long, hard minutes. I'm like, Leo Komarov and Matt Martin play essentially the least amount of ice time for forwards game in and game out. They're not guys who necessarily log in the hardest minutes either, per se. But, you know, we do need to rest our players. So I have no issue. Please rest the players. I mean, that's end all be all. But I do think it's a lot. I'm not buying into it all the way, but I will say it's always worth looking into it from multiple different aspects because believe it or not, people, coach talk is a thing that happens oh so often. And I mean, like when I hear Bavillier's comment the way it was, it makes me, it just gives me a little bit, almost like a light switch goes off my head. I'm like, oh, that might actually be coach talk. Coach might have just been speaking a little bit right there. Again, just speaking to everybody else. So all the plebes out there. That being said, we are moving right along there. Um, Brian P. also says the Islanders won five of their last 13 games, and four of those wins were against the Rangers. There you go. Like I said, it doesn't seem like we've beaten anybody but the Rangers recently. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. That is not reassuring at all. And time B. also saying there, they're going to be finishing third or fourth. Fourth. Really, you think it's a wrong conclusion? Fourth, absolutely. Especially if he's benching guys, like he said, if he's going to sit, you know, you know, his productive players. uh, Yeah, I guess that's what's going to happen, right? Goodness gracious, there. Uh, And then Robin Stewart there says Tom Wilson incident isn't a big deal. The Rangers just had too many boys and not enough men. Um, I agree. I don't think it was that big. I didn't think it was as one. It's Tom Wilson. That's why it gets that attention. And then the overreaction by Dolan uh, with the message that he sent out on the Ranger letterhead. Uh, but the Rangers aren't the Rangers aren't tough enough physically. They are going to have to pick up some players who have a little bit of grit. They have a couple, 
but they need more, particularly on the back end. But I don't care about the Rangers. Oh, goodness gracious. I don't care about the Rangers. I don't care. I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't care about the Rangers. Yeah, no, I mean, you just don't want to talk about it, right? Because you don't want to talk about it, Grump. Anyway, you know, you're being hard to work with tonight. What can I say? Uh, Scott also says there, I could see Barry sitting Dobson and Wallstrom, not Invisibaley in oh, Nick's field. Nice. Hey, Robin Stewart also says, must be the sparkle from the Stanley Cup ring up blinding him, Grump. I know it's anytime I see a comment like that defending Barry, I know always it's a comment directed towards you, Grumpy. That's fine. Uh, obviously, Washington thought enough about him that they just jettisoned him after winning a Stanley Cup. They didn't want him back. <laughs> What I should tell you something, Robin. You've discussed this before. I should tell you something. Do with the amount. They didn't want him back. Oh, they stop. didn't. They made no effort to keep him. Oh, stop. They took. They they would rather play with that loser Todd Reardon than bring than bring the armadillo back. <sighs> We've talked about it. Had more to facts. do with facts. Idea. You can't argue with the facts. Goodness gracious! And we're moving right along. Any big expansion team? Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Michael B there with a YouTube comment says, uh, it's been I've been waiting to hear you guys rant on this team's failure since Monday. And then Tom Wilson went on assaulting. I'll have to check back in an intermission, but I've got to watch tonight's Rangers Caps game. I was about to say, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of Islander fans who are who are very interested because they hate Tom Wilson. And here's the thing. I've never understood the undying hate for him. He's a dirty guy, but it's the same thing, right? I don't have – it's not like I'm over there f fixated on what Brad Marchant's doing. Brad Marchant's dirty. Again, he's a chippy player. I hate the living crap out of him. But it's not like I'm watching his every move out there, getting obsessed with, hey, Brad Marchant went ahead and took a you – know, he cross-checked the guy from behind into the boards. You Find Brad Marchant. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I don't have enough time to be worried about that type of stuff. I feel like Islander fans, though, really do not like Tom Wilson at all. And I'm not a big fan of him, but still, I feel like we're at the point of obsession with Tom Wilson. It's funny. I mean, if an Islander, am I, I'll, this would be a question Islander fans. Would you want Tom Wilson on your team? I would. They're going to say resoundingly no. I, then You know what? Then they're foolish. Same thing with Brad Marchand. Uh, would you take Brad Marchand on your team? I would. Anybody that can help us win a Stanley Cup, I take on our team in a heartbeat. Cal Clutterbuck was a perfect example. I remember him playing for Minnesota. And, man, he'd always be a burr under our, under our saddle whenever we played him. And I'm watching, I'm like, man, I hate this guy. But you want guys like that on your team, agitators. Matt Kachuk, would you take Matt Kachuk on this team? Oh, he's, sure. a little, he's a little cheap shot artist too, right? I don't care. They're good players. That's why That's why it upsets them. If they were just some goon, they wouldn't even care. These are good players, too. And you know what bothers Island fans? When Tom Wilson scores goals, that's even worse than his goon tactics. Goodness gracious. That I, think, I take every one of these guys on my team. Oh, goodness gracious. I will tell you that, uh, Grumpy. Moving right along there. Uh, Mark A there says the Isles look bad. Yeah, and here's the thing, right? People are say, hey, we're trying to fine-tune the team for the playoffs. We want to get everything rolling for the playoffs. Here, Here's the point. I don't care what you're doing. The other players that play every single night, the veterans on this team, should still have the same level of effort. I don't give a crap if the season's over or not. It's the same thing I'd say if we were being blown out dead last in the division. The one thing you can always give is effort. And as a professional, that's the one thing I demand from every single professional. 
drives me insane when I see lazy plays. It's the same, the same reason why even though Letty's mistakes might not be as large as other defensemen's mistakes on our team, I cannot stand lazy play. I don't know. There's a hundred other people out there chomping at the bit for a chance who are close as near as talented. So, uh, you know, that's that's my take on it. The effort's got to be there. Uh, five fights, by the way, at least so far in the Rangers and the Capitals game. Grumpy old man, five fights. Good. Great game. That's the olden days. I love games like that. Great. What's wrong with that? Oh, I'm sorry. Six fights. It's like as I'm continuing to read here, the comments down and down and down. I'm just thinking to myself, man, oh, man, look at all the fights. Uh, yeah, Phil Fax also chimed in. I know I said, I don't know told you this earlier, Grump. They're not able to sit everyone at once. And Phil Fax says they're not able to sit everybody at once. Well, he just said everyone. Obviously, interest to see what he does next game. And that's why, you know what? I Like I said, the thing that bothers me is I know he was lying to the to the press for why he sat Matt Barzell, Leo Komarov, and Matt Martin. I know he was. And you're ne- no one can ever convince me otherwise. Uh, I'm just sorry. It wasn't to rest. That was that was post-game he said that. That's not why he did it. And, and that's – okay. Last time I'll touch on it because you've mentioned it now three times already on the podcast. I'll mention it one more time. I already heard your point three times. We don't need to hear it. Why do you keep bringing it up? Well, I'm just saying. I'm just com- commenting on this. Oh, hold on. How, how did you jump from that conclusion? We're not able to sit everybody at night to then making it to, oh, we really know the reason he said it's because he's punishing Matt Barzal. How, come on. Now you're jumping all over the place. No, I'm just answering the question. Oh, goodness. You're like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Grumpy old man. Moving right along, though. Um, oh, talking about the trade there. Another Lou Lamarillo lackluster trade. Not a good deal. And Scott Levy also says there, since the trade of Palmieri and Zajac, the team has gotten slower. Team chemistry is way off. Well, that's what happens when you trade for guys in their 30s on a losing team. What do they have to bring? Just an increased salary cap number and the loss of a first-round pick. Good job, Lou. You seem like you're short, Grump. What's going on here? Nothing. Fair enough. Uh, Robin Stewart also says there, I'll judge the trade in June. Waiting there until June to judge the trade. Okay, season's going to be over in May, so I guess then you'll be able to tell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But we're, not, we're not going. I'm just, I, I hate to say we're not going anywhere this year. Last year, like I've said before, last year was the high watermark for this team, this current iteration of this team. Yeah, I tell you, it looks like that might be that might be something there. Oh, Tommy B also says put the grumpy old man on the ice. I don't know if you could go ahead and hold your own out there on the ice, but Grump, I'm sure they would they would clobber you out there in the uh, the Capitals and Rangers game if you were to get in a fight out there. Oh, in the Capitals and Rangers game, I thought you'd put me out there within the Islanders games. I mean, I could look just as bad as they did for certain. Oh goodness gracious! I could um, be dominated by the Buffalo Sabers too. Um, Scott L also says uh, something big. Ooh. Oh, I had to sneeze there, grumpy. Something big is going to happen in Bridgeport soon, as they see uh, as soon as seen on their website. Hopefully, it's firing of Brett Thompson. I can't develop forwards Thompson uh, and his sad coaching staff. Ugh. Does Chris Lamarillo get to stay? I mean, he's part of the problem too. Oh, goodness 
I, I'll tell you, it's going to be interesting. I will tell you, I am excited though to see Samuel Bulldog in some capacity. Uh, he had a good year down there, in Bridgeport. Um, good. I'm, I, I would like to see him continue to progress. I'd lo- I, I'm excited about his future with the Islanders. You know, I can't really say there's a lot of guys down there in Bridgeport. I'm excited to see in an Islander sweater. Him and Bodie Wild though definitely are two of those guys. Two defensemen, you know. So you're not mentioning anybody you can put the puck in the net. That's what we're missing as an organization. Until we get that, we're going to just see repeats and repeats and re- wash, rinse, repeat. That's all you're going to see every single year. We need to get better up front for this team to move forward. Yeah, again, I don't disagree there. We need to go ahead and address the lack of scoring. That being said, grumpy old man, uh, talking about Tom Wilson, Brian J says he's a talent. He has talent. Um, again, so like, yeah, people don't like Tom Wilson. He does have talent though. And he's one of those guys I've always said, if he was able to straighten himself out, I, I didn't think last night or whatever it was against the Rangers was a huge deal. Two nights, three nights ago, just kind of seemed like a scrum all over the place and whatever, you know, they're, they're answering the call there. He's fighting tonight. Uh, but he's a guy where if he didn't have such a checkered background, he'd be looked at as one of the, uh, one of the better power forwards in this era. That's for certain. Cause he does have the talent. He can play hockey. He's made himself into a good player, without a doubt. He reminds me yeah, that just that incident reminded me of King Kong and throwing the little cheetahs that were jumping on his back off, which were the Rangers. Just throw them, smash them in the rocks. <laughs> He's good though. Um, you're very short here tonight, Grumpy, and I do appreciate it. it. makes my job about 10 times harder as I'm trying to get everything pulled up as you're very short. Uh, Scott Levy also says, Grumpy Purple Juice making his appearance for certain it is. Um, I'll tell you. Uh, and Robert Stewart also says, I'm looking forward to seeing the taxi squad in the next few games. Maybe goalie number three. Maybe it's time for Corey Schneider to get a start. Hey, why not? No, no, no. Goals get enough rest in between games now as it is. Okay, if he plays Corey Schneider, well, I I can't see that happening. Yeah, well, we will see. We shall see there. Um, Also talking, Robin Stewart also says, Washington, Vegas, Pittsburgh, and Boston, the oldest teams. Notice a common theme. Yeah, I do. They have talent. We don't. That is is the difference. They're older teams. Our, Our team is older than they are. Uh, I don't again like you're, the numbers that he's looking at, and I think the numbers that we're looking at. There's not like an always a consistent revolving door. We could see exactly how old the players are. It just depends on who we start. If we start, you know, we have a night where we're starting Zajac and Komarov. Man, oh man, we're ancient out there on the ice. But again, we can never really tell exactly. The thing is with those teams, Vegas has had unbelievable goalie play this season. I mean, they've got the guy who's going to be the Vesna Trophy winner on their team, an elite level goalie who is absolutely done an unbelievable sensational job this year washington has future hall of famers like alexander ovechkin pittsburgh has future hall of famers like malkin like crosby and i mean hey john carlson might even be a future caliber hall of fame type defenseman there for the washington capitals if he puts up enough points there and boston has what is it the excellence line the perfection line i can never never remember what it's called yeah that's right bergeron marchant um, Pasternak, who hasn't been that great, but Krejci, yeah, they have. But they're the bottom six of that team is really, really young. All right, Halak's an older goalie. I mean, they've added they've added youth to their team. That they've incorporated youth into their roster this year. 
And without a doubt, teams that are older, if they have majority of these older players, yet they're usually superstars. That's and, right. And here's here's another comment here from Robin. He says, or he or she says, uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Boston won with veteran teams. Yeah, for certain they did. But I'm I'm thinking to myself, even when Boston won with veteran teams, said you know Charles, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, how many of these guys can you indicate on the Islanders' current roster? You say that's going to be a guy who's going to be a Hall of Fame caliber player. These teams with veteran teams have to have these Hall of Fame caliber players in order to do it. Yeah, the common theme, once again, is that they have talent, and their older players are really are supremely talented. That's not the case on our team. And he also says there, I think they'll win in. Uh, I think they'll win it all on the backs of goalies and team defense. I, you know. Who's he talking about? The Islanders. Sorry, Robin. Got to disagree. Let's just agree to disagree on that one. Here, here it is. I, you know, when we do win games, it is on the back of our goalies and our team defense. I don't disagree with that. That being said, you know, we have to go ahead and provide some sort of run support, some sort of you know offensive production, and that's been something we've been struggling mightily with here as of recent. It's not reassuring to see us lose to you know the the worst team in the NHL with an ECHL goalie. When you have a team that has to play one certain way to win and can't win another way, that's not conducive to success, particularly with the style that we have to play, the grinded-out style every single game. Eventually, you run out of gas. We're seeing it now in the regular season, and it just gets worse in the playoffs. I mean, if we don't win with the grind, if, if we have a bad game defensively, we get we just get rolled. I mean – that's just what happens. David D. There saying it's because we lack a true, consistent goal scoring threat. Yeah, we don't, don't have any. We don't have any. Whenever we see somebody start scoring goals who's young, like a Bellows or a Wallstrom, we need to bench him. Mm. Oh goodness, grumpy old man. Uh, Coach Tommy also said the Islanders had fifty shots on goal last night, laughing out loud, saying that they were dominated. Did you watch the third period? Couldn't get the puck out of the. You could t- I-, I knew we were going to lose that game. I, you can tell the momentum just changed right at the end of the second. They scored a goal to get within one, and that was it. I mean, they carried the play in the third period, I thought. And here's the thing. They can't even handle the puck. They can't even – Buffalo can't make a pass, a two-foot pass, without fumbling it. And somehow they dominated us. I mean, it was terrible. I Against Buffalo. It's not even like a good team. I'm sorry. Scott Levy also says Ricard Raquel is someone who we maybe should have gotten. Yeah, younger guy with term. I mean, what was the holdup? You gave up your first round pick anyway. Why not give up one for somebody who can play for you for a number of years? A first and a fourth round pick. Yeah. Well, like I said, once again, why put, why trade for a guy who's uh, on a, a contract that's going to be up? He's in his 30s where you get somebody, I think he's 26 years old, Raquel, or something like that, and he's got term. That's that's the deal I wanted to make. Somebody be with your team. You're going to give up first round picks. You want to get more than 14 substandard games from a Kyle Palmer. Oh Jesus, 14 substandard games. Oh goodness, grumpy old man. I'll tell you, it has not been a good start. Am there. I lying? Am I lying? It hasn't been a good start there from him. It hasn't. And here's the thing: you want to talk about if he if we come out, we get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. That will be one of the worst trades we've made at the trade deadline in recent memory. I mean. Hell, it's up there with the colossal trade 
the colossal trade there of Vanek from start to finish. You bring him in half a season. What did you give up? You get, they gave up two first round picks for Thomas Vanek, if I remember correctly. Is that right, Grump? I don't remember. Uh, but the whole thing is Vanek was there for a while and Vanek produced. That was the difference. Well, I'm and talking he, was, about, he wasn't going to reach on him. talking about a trade blunder, right? You bring in a guy, the intention on signing him back, you have two first round picks, you trade him later on at the trade deadline, you get a second round, a second and a fourth, or a second and a fourth round, a second and a fourth, or a second and a third round pick. You give up two first round picks essentially for a 40 game rental, and then you trade him away there, whatever it's 40, 50 game rental, and you trade him away for diminished returns. I'm just I saying, think, it just I reminds me of items like that. I don't think it was two ones. I think it was a first in Matt Molson. Um, but here's the whole thing. Vanek produced. The mistake was when you found out that you couldn't re-sign him to a long-term deal, you should have moved him earlier than the trade deadline. That's what you, that's what Snow, that was Snow's mistake. They gave up here. Hold on. Thomas Vanek there, trade down. Okay, we've got a second and a fifth round pick back there for Vanek. I'll have to go do some research and remember who we had to give up to get Thomas Vanek, grumpy old man. Uh, yeah, Angelo, they're saying back-to-back losses there to the Sabres. Not good. Not good at all. Um, and Robin also says there, I wish we would have gotten Mark Stone when he was available a few years ago. Yeah, he's a playoff type player too. That was a that was a steal for Vegas. Vegas got some smart people running their show. I can't deny that. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to give you a recap, there we gave up there for Thomas Vanek a first, a second, and Matt Molson. And at the trade deadline, we received back Sebastian Kohlberg and a second. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Snow should have – he should have asked Buffalo if, they could, if he could talk to him to get an extension signed before trading for him. Here, here's the thing. I was just saying it's going to go down in history books as one of those miserable trades, just like the mismanagement of Thomas Fanning. That's all I'm saying, if he doesn't make an impact. Um, you know, yeah, again, people like Ricard Raquel there is what it seems like, or Sam Bennett. Um, you know, so <laughs> – Sam Bennett's played well this year, but, you know, he's on a really bad team too. So, you know, even bad teams have to have a guys who score. You're thinking, you know, you think about Reinhardt, two different guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Sam Bennett. Yeah, I don't know. I always get the Sams. I always get them mixed up. Yeah, Sam Bennett used to play there for the Flames. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, again, used to play there for the Flames. Uh, you know, had a miserable start there to the season. Never really looked like he panned up for his draft status-wise. Uh, you know, since being traded, again, like I'm not saying he's lighting the world on fire or anything like that. Oh, well, actually, he has produced there a little bit as of recent. I mean, the last five games, two goals, six assists. So not bad there for the Panthers as of right now. Yeah, I'd always rather trade. It's just funny, all these, all these uh, other teams who are good, they trade for guys they produce. A bad team trades for a guy they don't produce. I'll take I'll take that statement back there because I was completely wrong. Sam Bennett has lit the world on fire since joining the Florida Panthers. Nine games, five goals, eight assists, thirteen points in nine games with eleven plus plus minus of plus eleven. Yeah, yeah. So you're Great talking about who really benefited there from a change of scenery. Man, oh man, Sam Bennett's career is starting to look like it might be starting to take off there. Another guy who was easy to be had at the trade deadline. So, again, you know, there were options out there. But, you know, we made the decision to, to pick a Kyle Palmieri and Zajac. We thought that was going to be more the need for the team. And it looks like maybe that's not the case right now. We will find out more come playoff time. That is for certain. That is for certain. I'm sorry. They're grumpy old man. Sure. Uh, that is for sure. sure. Yeah. Brian J also saying it got Simon Holmstrom though, Grump in the minors. So that's that's always a plus. Plus for who? Other teams? 
Oh, goodness. It's not a plus for the Islanders. Oh, goodness gracious here. And Phil also says Peugeot was 27 when we traded for him regarding their trading for a third-line guy. So 27 when we traded for him there, Grump. And I love Peugeot. I absolutely love him. Let's see if they resign him when he's 32. How much you want to bet if Lou and Barry still there that he gets resigned to a big extension? Uh, Professor P there says, on a side uh, man, I saw the Ramones at uh, Mad Hatter. Of, uh, many, many moons ago. Yes, sir. Without a doubt. Uh, moons are good, man. Uh, good. Fun. Fun times. And Brian P. chimes in there saying Boston has scored 49 goals in 13 games. Uh, the Islanders have 32 goals in 16 games. Yeah, again, the biggest need, the biggest struggle of this team has always been their lack of scoring. Let's take out the Ranger games, and I wonder how many games we've scored, how many goals we've scored. I don't I mean, want to do that math. I don't want to do it that quick on the fly, but I'm going to say it's not going to be very pretty. It'll be less than two a game. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, gosh. Uh, anyway, moving right along there. Sal P says, what's up, fellas? Our Islanders are looking awful, and I'm worried. Our age and our lack of offensive talent is really showing. We better not re-sign Palmieri or Zajac. Chalk up that first-round pick as a loss. Yep. See, everyone now is just coming around to what I said months ago. Same thing. I, I've said it for the last two. Hey, Barry and Lou said it after their first offseason there. We need to get better offensive players. We need to get more offense on this team. Well, Rob Stewart must have wanted to trigger you. He says, Grumpy, do you still wish we had Josh Hosang? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not throw him up there? He can, I'll tell you what. He creates offensively. That's what he does. He's a creator. And Robert, he never got a shot. My only problem with Josh is they never give a kid a shot. That's all. And Robert Stewart also says the real season starts in two weeks. That's where the glory is, not so much day of this regular season. He's right there. Uh, and then Lou Rivera also says, can't believe Bailey is looking better than Kyle Palmieri. What a trade. Think God. about that. Put that into perspective. Yeah, Josh Bailey that. is an offensive juggernaut compared to Kyle Palmieri since joining the Islanders. He did have a nice primary assist yesterday. Josh Bailey did. Absolutely did. Nice feed to uh, Bavillier for the first goal. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely there, Grumpy. Glad you're being – you're expounding very uh, much I, there. Hey, I give credit where credit is due. I don't want to get too much into it, but it was a nice, uh, nice pass by Bailey. Greg Frost there says, the funny, you- I'm sorry, before you get to that, the funny thing was the announcers said, oh, yeah, well, look at how uh, Josh Bailey, since he had the puck and was in shooting position, drew two defenders to him. If Buffalo knew anything, all they know is they just could have sloughed off and just covered that because Bailey was never going to shoot the puck. And that was their mistake was pretending like Bailey was going to shoot the puck, which left Bavillier wide open. Absolutely. I laughed at that. <laughs> Goodness gracious, there, Grump. Um, and Greg Frost also said, oh, "Greg Frost also said you can't compare Barzal to Trottier. He's not even Bobby Bourne. He's better than Bobby Bourne. I love Bobby Bourne, but he's better than Bobby Bourne. He's nowhere close to Brian Trottier, though." And yeah, and talking about the comments there earlier, Robin also says there you can't compare any generations. I just think it's funny though that after making the playoffs three years in a row, we have articles likening this time period to the dynasty era. How we're seeing similarities. I just do find that funny. If we're winning a cup, or we want a cup, maybe two cups. Sure, I get it. I mean, we're, we're comparing it to the most. We're comparing it to the best, best dynasty that's ever existed in hockey. 
four Stanley Cups, 19 straight playoff series. I think the writer was tripping on acid. That's the only way you can try to draw any comparisons between what this team has accomplished, which is nothing, and to what that team accomplished, which was everything, the pinnacle of the sport for four years in a row. And you're comparing these guys. I just it's stupid. I know they just want to pump out content, but they should put like a disclaimer at the top. Yeah, they tell me I got to get stuff put out. I realize this article is stupid and it makes me look like a moron, uh, but I have to put something out there and I can't think of anything else. I need to go ahead and pay the rent. I need to get yeah. X amount of words out there. You get paid per words. I think it's how it works there in that industry. I have no idea. Okay. Um, uh, Tommy B also says Dobson is a rookie with limited experience at 21. It takes some time for these players to develop. Uh, for certain, it does. Uh, and again, like, you know, I, I don't want to see him benched here. I want to see some of the older guys get some rest because they very well need it. We're an older team that needs to be rested for the playoffs. So we do not disagree with Barry there. We just want to see the older players rested, not the Oliver Wallstroms, not the Noah Dobsons, not the Anthony Bavilliers. Those are not the guys I need to see. Hey, you know what? One thing I don't, you know, one player I don't want to see rested either that I'm sure you and I disagree on. I don't want to see Josh Bailey rested. He's playing, he's playing good hockey right now. I really believe that. He's playing better hockey than he has at any point of time this season. We see the offensive production. It's Again, it's not like you know Josh Bailey's out there as a world beater, but he's playing the best hockey I think we've seen him play all season long. In my opinion, you do not sit players that are playing the best hockey they've played all season long. So one of the players on the do not rest list, Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey's a freaking parasite, and right now he's living off of Anthony Bavillier, uh, who's driving all the action in that line. When Bavillier's not on that line, they do nothing. And like I said, Bailey, the absolute definition of a sidecar. Hey, he's smart. Everyone will tell you. Listen to the podcast. Listen to the broadcast. They'll tell you. Oh, look, he's so smart. He knows. He knows who to suck off of to survive. It's Anthony Bavillier right now. Uh, but no, he should be. He should be rested just like everybody else. All right. That's that's what Barry said. It's about getting everybody rested for the playoffs. Well, that Josh Bailey should definitely be rested. Okay, here's my thing. That's where you and I disagree. If a player is playing well and he's found his stride, do not rest a player like that. If they're playing good hockey, don't rest a player like that. That's all I'm saying. Especially if they're hot, don't rest a player like that. Brock Nelson has been able to find the net in the back of the net there. Again, I think he's done an okay job, but a guy like that, no problem at all resting. Josh Bailey really seems to be finding stride. No need to rest him. Moving right along, though, Rusty Spooner there says it's cups now. That's what we're aiming there for, grumpy old man. And Cliff Neal says, Tally and Paul Mary both end in the letter I. That's where the comparison begins and ends. Oh, goodness. Yes, Cliff gracious. is very smart. Oh, goodness gracious. There, grumpy old man. There, there was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was like, is that uh, all of them? I mean, Wallstrom. Okay. My boss, he scored over 50 goals in his rookie year. How, how many years is Oliver Wallstrom going to have to play before he gets 50 goals total? Right? Probably three. This you know? year, and then probably yeah, probably into his third into his third season. Yeah, Mike Bossy by then had over 150 goals in his career. I'm just saying, <laughs> he scored 50 goals the first uh, nine years of his career. Every single year, scored 50 goals a year. I will tell you one thing. I, I thinking about the lineups here come playoff time. I think they're going to be, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, it's going to be Barzal, Eberly, and probably Komarov on the first line. Uh, you're going to have there on that second line. You're going to have the same exact line we've been rolling out there for a little bit. Uh, third line, I think, is going to be, uh, you know, Paul Mary, Pajot, Wallstrom, 
No issues with. And the fourth line is going to be the same fourth line we've seen all season. I have no issues with those type of lineups. I think that is the best lineup we could throw out there. I really do. I think, you know, as we're mixing things up, I think, you know, last game of the season will be kind of like one of those tune-up type of games where you want to have everybody in the lineup in some capacity. So uh, you, you want to make sure that we hit stride. You know, we hit uh, the playoffs running, per se. Yeah. Um, it's not going to matter in the long run, but I, I agree with your point, but it's not going to matter. We're just, we're just not good enough. I'm sorry. We're just not good enough. Wood of Films there with the YouTube comment says, if Trotz is resting players, he should at least give Hickey a chance to play. No issue. I yeah. agree Hickey, but he's right. Why not sit sit Andy Green next game? The, who's the only defenseman he sat all year? One guy all year. No adoption. Nobody else. Everybody else plays every night. No adoption. You're the only one who's going to sit. And Robin Seward also says, continually citing past season in the Rangers is a sign of inferiority complex. That's something you've always said, Grom. You feel yeah. like other fans have this inferiority complex there with the Rangers. Yep, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, Tommy B also says, the panic people are comical. Or you could say they're realistic. I, I just wonder what the response is going to be when we get rolled in the playoffs. Then it's going to be, we don't have Andrews Lee. That's why we lost in the first round of the playoffs. There yeah, will be excuses no, as there always are. Sorry. Andrews Lee doesn't drive any lines. He is not a harbinger of good things when we play. He just doesn't. I take a different approach. I think Andrews Lee did hurt us when he left for certain, but you had a chance to address that need all season long. Some teams were able to address their needs at the trade deadline and bring in real offensively talented players. If you need a guy who could be, you know, one of those solid stand in front of the net type of guys who can go ahead and keep possession there in the offensive zone, who can go ahead and grind along the boards, you had the chance to trade for guys like that. You didn't do that with Paul Mary. And to think, hey, you traded up a first round pick there for a guy you didn't even really give a fair shake at the first line. That is always odd there. Um, yeah. Um, also, I don't know if you noticed last night, they had played Palmieri on the first line with Zajac and Everly. I found that interesting. Uh, he's the guy – he was your replacement for Anders Lee, right? That's what everyone was saying. He's your replacement for Anders Lee, and he never plays on the first line. Why not? Barzell's out one game, and all of a sudden this guy plays on the first line, plays a couple of shifts on the first line. How did it work out? Hmm. Just like every other game was in there. Zeros across the board. Yeah. Goodness gracious, here, Grumpy. And what a films also says there, Hickey at least poses an offensive threat in Mayfield sucks. Mayfield's been playing hideous hockey. You wonder when Mayfield's going to get a seat. Please give Scott Mayfield a seat. Please give Kyle Palmieri a seat. Let him, because think about it, right? You want to talk about people with monkeys on their back. Kyle Palmieri did not expect, I'm sure, after joining the Islanders to go uh, 14 games with two points. And that be offensively just struggling to put the puck in the net. I'm sure he did not expect that. I'm sure he's starting to grip his stick a little tighter. That's a guy who might need, hey, mental, mental day. Isn't that how he was producing for the Devils this year anyway? Yeah, he had fallen off. The production wasn't there as much. Again, the Devils are miserable. So, you know, take it for what it is. It's big, it should be easier for him to score. Frank K also says the Islanders don't have a five month break to save them this time. He's right. 100% right. Just like I said last year, that saved us last year without a doubt. And I predicted, if you remember, TJ, that we would go on a run. I said this was this is a good situation for Barry Trotz to succeed. Is 
He's team is very good coming out of an off season, coming off of a break where the guys are fresh and he can just hammer them with ha- what they want to do. But it's not going to happen this year. Jerry Springer has a question for you, Grumpy Old Man. Y'all going to touch on this Wilson issue more, please. Grumpy doesn't want to touch on it today because he wants to touch it on tomorrow's podcast. I'm like, come on, man. I don't know. He doesn't want to speak too much on it today because he's afraid it's uh, – he wants everybody to tune in. Here's the thing. The it's, national, it's national news, and it's an evolving story. You understand we can talk about both items on both podcasts. As I've told you before, we don't have to just keep everything exclusive, Grump. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe I want Jerry Springer. Maybe I want Jerry Springer to listen to our podcast tomorrow, TJ. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, you know, we can invite them and you know if they want to come they can come, but it shouldn't affect what we do here on our Islanders podcast, Grump. Anyway, moving along. Um Frank Jay says I don't see a turnaround, but I hope I'm proven wrong. I think so I thought it's I I think that's how most fans are seeing it right now. Again, they, you know, they see somewhat of the writing on the wall. You know, a fish rots from the head. When you smell it, you know, usually, you know, you see, if it smells like a rotting fish, it is a rotting fish. So I don't expect any crazy out. I don't expect any crazy rebound to where now all of a sudden we catch a hot streak. But I will tell you, as I've mentioned about the playoffs, if you have momentum and you have a hot goalie, which we have outstanding goaltending, you can really string together some wins. Yeah, both goalies are playing really well. And for the most part, defensively, I just I, – I can't even explain how we come out and just lay two eggs like that against Buffalo. I, I just – where we just let ourselves get dominated, I, I don't understand it because we have been playing pretty solid defensively. And our goaltenders have been really good. But, you know, just our inability to score, I, that's what's going to beat us, I feel, at the end of the day. And Brian P. also says there, exactly, Grump. First line is for scoring. I scream it every day. That's why you're the best. You think the game like me. Thank you. That's what but that's what that's what the first line is. Every team, you know, it's like going into football. Well, you know what? We don't need to draft a quarterback. We don't care that it's the most important position in sports, but we're not going to draft a quarterback because you know we want to make sure we play good defense. Eventually, you're going to have to score. And the same thing in the NHL. You need guys who can put the puck in the net, guys who can create offense. Just Robin, it has to happen. Robin Stern has an interesting point. You have to rest key players, not the older players. I think it's a good mix of both. But he also there says, I agree. The team must play this style to win. They aren't the dynasty Islanders. And that's where Grumpy okay. always gets upset. It's because he knows what the dynasty Islanders look like. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. You wonder what a team with complete buy-in with the talent of some of these other teams would look like with Barry Trotz as a coach, because we've, we've talked about it before. It took the capitals five years to buy into the Barry Trotz style. If you had a team that bought in immediately, like the Islanders bought in when Barry Trotz came here with more talent, you would be looking at a team that would compete for Stanley cups year in and year out. I firmly believe that that's the double-edged sword that teams have when Washington was, they were winning president's trophies every year, but they could never get past Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And even when Barry was there, Pittsburgh beat them. I don't know how many years in a row, uh, knocked them out, could never beat Washington. And it took that, like I said, the double-edged sword is you have guys with talent, guys who produce their whole careers. And now you want somebody to come in 
and have you subjugate your game to play a different style. Well, when you're talented, you can get away with that. But for the Islanders, who'd been you know perennial losers for the most part, well, what happens when they comes in? It's you know you got a whole new regime where everything was kind of a laissez-faire system before. These guys cracked the whip. Not the most talented team in the world. What did they have to lose? They bought in, and they got as good as that team could get. And I feel that that's already happened with us. Last year was as good as you could expect from this this group of Islander players, and it was an admirable effort, really, getting six games, going to Eastern Conference Finals and losing his six games to Tampa. That's as good as we could have possibly hoped for this group. I think we played Tampa harder than any other team in the playoffs. I do honestly believe that. Uh, Mark S. there says, who do you guys think best fits on the first line left wing out of the Wallstrom. Wallstrom. Throw Wallstrom up there. Ah, See, like I don't get, I don't agree with that, right? You got a young guy who's entering the league, and it's the same exact ideology I use with defensemen. You want to keep them on their natural side. You want to go ahead and throw them into you know, a position to where they don't have a lot of familiarity. Keep him on the right wing. Do not throw Wallstrom on the first line left wing. I do not agree with that, Grump. I want somebody who can score on the first line. That's what I want. Now, one thing I noticed about Oliver Wallstrom, and I have complimented him for how his skating has gotten better uh, from a couple of years ago, and it has. But, man, he's on his butt a lot. <laughs> he kind of gets touched, and, man, he's down on his butt. He, he's on his butt a lot. I mean, it's like, geez, come on, Ollie. Wally whatever they call him. Uh, Christopher Cancel there with a YouTube comment says, how the playoffs are going to be set up and will it affect the Canadian teams? I don't know how Christopher found his way on the Islanders podcast. Uh, that being said, uh, no, they're just going to go ahead and play. You know, the divisions are going to play. Then it goes after divisions, goes a reseeding. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how it's going to be laid out here this year for the playoffs, you know, in a short. Uh, and Phil Fax there, I assume talking about Tom Wilson, he ended – Lubnowski's career. I assume that's what Lobo's career is. I think he ended Lubnowski's career. Yeah. I was about to say, we're going to the way back machine here on this one. He did. He bullied us in that game seven. Absolutely bullied us. And that was it. I mean, you could tell. I mean, and the Washington was better than we were. I mean, we accomplished as much as we could at that current iteration of the team. And then Professor P also says there's a fine line between love and hate regarding Tom Wilson. I don't love him. I don't hate him. I think he's a really good player. He's over the edge. He's a, little, he's a loose cannon. Um, and he's still pretty young. I mean, that's the thing. He's not, it's not like he's, you know, 30 years old. He's still pretty young. He's a good – he's good. I mean, he's good. I don't like him, but he's good. Yeah, and that's what Phil Fax said there. Tom Tom Wilson ended uh, Luke Narvisnovsky's career – uh, that's what started. That's where the hate started. Ugh. Was that really a bad thing, though? Oh, come on, Grump. You don't like to see anybody's career ended. No, I don't wish to see. But, I mean, he was on the tail end anyway. Let's be honest, right? He was definitely up there in age. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say yeah. good there, but, uh, you know, I understand. The, I, I just – the end of the career. It's the same – here's it, here's it, right? How much hate did Islander fans have for Diump enough, right? I, I think about that point, right? After all the dirty hits and runs he had at Islanders and Kyle Ocposo, I never, I never like, I never thought to myself, man, oh man, that Dion enough. I'm good. If I ever saw him on the streets, I'd sock him on right in the face. I feel like people have that type of mentality with Tom Wilson. Here's We're my problem. Enough, no. Who it took a lot of dirty hits 
in action. He was not a guy who mixed it up too much after the scenes, but a guy who would never freaking fight. What? Oh, he'd take these dirty hits and runs at players, but would never actually answer the bell when players tried to fight him. He was a faux tough guy, F-A-U-X, fake tough guy, where he cheap shot Kyle Ocposo, or yeah. he'd go fight somebody who didn't want to fight, but when confronted with a tough guy, he'd shrink. See, I have no use for guys like that. I'm going to give Wilson credit. If you challenge him, he's going to go. I mean, unless your name is Ross Johnson. Well, he won't. He won't mix it up with Ross Johnson. He won't do that. I, I, it's weird to say. I want to see Ross get into a fight the next time he plays. I mean, like I know he played last night, and uh, it wasn't a good time to fight. I want to see him get in a fight just because I want to make sure he hasn't lost the it factor. Because I mean, that punch he took from Warren. I mean, like you know, it took him out there for a while, and people were saying, "Oh, it's a hand injury." I don't know. I thought he got hit in the jaw really damn hard, and that's why he was sitting out. He's probably concussed. Um, but I, I want to see him get back to fighting. I want to see him just to be like, okay, he hasn't lost it. He doesn't have. He's not like gun shy or anything like that after losing a fight. Because for the most part, he pretty much dominated the majority of the NF- NHL fights he's been in. Yeah. Now I'm gonna. I I watched him last night. I was watching his game. I want to see how he played. Do we miss anything without having Matt Martin in the lineup? No. Matter of fact, his aggressive play led to uh, a goal for us. His aggressive body check along the back wall caused them to cough the puck up uh, and generated a goal, Wallstrom's goal. And you know what? That's what he brings, a physical element. And also, you won't see other teams – figure they could take shots at us or cheap shots. It just doesn't happen when he's on the ice. And you don't lose anything with him in the lineup if you compare to Matt Martin. You just don't. Got an assist yesterday. He, he did get an assist. And, and I'll tell you one thing. That goal was created by him jarring the puck loose on that huge on that huge check. Um, so, you know, I, I won't say we never see items in uh, flashes like that from Matt Martin. But, again, you know, he's towards the tail end of his career. Six but- We didn't need to resign him at one and a half million power for four years. That's my point. You had somebody who can do the same thing, a fourth line player with with more physicality than he has at this stage of his career. And it's just throwing good money away. Here's a question for you. Uh, Robin Stewart wants to know, Grump, is there a medication for your gloom? Yeah, more offense on a hockey team. More offense on the hockey team. Well, Grump, hold on a second. You weren't so happy and joyful when the Islanders uh, under the Doug Waite system, if I remember correctly. But at least we were fun to watch. It's insufferable when you're losing and we and we and we're not fun to watch. It's even what's even worse. Yeah. Okay. But when you're winning and you're and you're and you're offensively woeful, at least it's doable because you win games, right? But if you're a high-scoring team and you can never do anything on the defensive side of the puck, every single game is aggravating, even the ones you win, because you're winning games 7-6. to six. Okay. Like, man, if we could ever play any freaking defense, we'd be good. What we've learned, defense is structure. Yes. Offense is talent. I mean, uh, offense, you need talent. But to play good defense, all you need is sound structure. I don't, I don't agree with that. Okay. I mean, look, fine. Look, look, look at the offensive production we had there with Doug Waite. The team scored a lot of goals. Yeah. Right. You're saying now that Doug Waite left, all of a sudden the team has struggled mightily without John Tavares. Is that what you're saying? Despite the win totals and the win, and win amounts increasing? See, I don't agree with that. I think losing John Tavares certainly has hurt us offensively. I don't think you could say that has not happened. Okay. And But it's the structure. It's the fact that we won't let our guys play offense. I mean, but we're older now. The same guys who are here now 
were here when John Tavares was there. The same guys, Bailey, Nelson, Lee, Barzell, Everly. These guys were all there when that when uh, the fourth line. They were all the same guys when John Tavares was here. The same guys. You don't get better the older you get into your 30s. You don't. Uh, I, I, to answer your question, I think offensively losing John Tavares hurt, but as a team, it didn't hurt us very much. You know, the addition of Barry Trotz far, far, far excelled past the loss of John Tavares, and that weighed that for certain it did. Uh, Brian P. there says, you can only defend so much. At some point, you're going to have to sacrifice a little defense for skilled players. And the fourth line love is beyond over and done at this point. We're so conservative that even we, even when we try to play three-on-three three defensively, why for the, for the shootout? Yeah, we're always just trying not to score. We're not get scored on. You know, there's things like saying it's like you're not playing. You're playing not to lose as opposed to trying to play to win. And two's, teams like that usually, in the end, lose. I just, I just believe I love, I love aggressive, going for it hockey. If you give up a couple of goals, you know what? You're going to have to sacrifice that. We need more offense. This team needs to produce more. I, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Eves, am I going to try to pronounce the last name? Eves L says, agree it's with Eve, Trump. Eve, 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 Eve. Eve L says, uh, I agree with Grumpy. Barry's system sucks the life out of our older players. It's a hard system to, to sustain physically. It just is. You can't play, you know, grinding on the boards. You know, everything is a struggle. I mean, you get worn out eventually, and it's tougher on older players. I mean. Frank K. talking about Tom Wilson say, says, I 100% disagree. Punching uh, Bushnevich twice in the back of the head, slamming his head on the ice after Bushnevich tried to score, then pulling Panarin by the hair, slamming him down twice on the ice is a major problem. Wilson has psychotic behavior. Um, he had these issues as a child for sure. Uh, he'd he'd fail a legit psych uh, psych uh, psychological evaluation. Oof, almost got tripped up there. Uh, psychological evaluation. Yeah, um, I just need to comment that real quick. Uh, Frank is not a trained psychologist, but he did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So he is more than qualified to comment on his psychological evaluation. Thank is that a commercial? Yes, it was a commercial. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, I couldn't remember what the commercial was. It's like, hey, even though you stayed there, he might not be a doctor, but he stayed in at the Holiday Inn, and now he could go ahead and do X, Y, Z. Oh, yeah, I remember those. I'm glad. I just I had to. I couldn't remember. It was Holiday Inn. Is that correct? Holiday Inn Express, I believe. Holiday Inn Express. He had such a great night of sleep. He's able to. Um, I'll tell you this. See, if you watch it and really break it down, Tom Wilson's having his stick held there by Bushnevich. He didn't like it, so he hits him in the back of the head. Again, his thing. thing Panarin well, jumped him. He hold, jumped him. It wasn't, it wasn't Panarin. It was Strom. Anyway, the thing is, when you get in scrums, you always see – look at football scrums. You see kicking – Punching, all that crap, all that type of stuff goes on all the time. Again, it's just not zoomed in on. It's just not the center of attention. Hockey's a different sport. I get it. Uh, that being said, right, there's a little bit of a feisty mix-up. Then Strom jumps on him from behind. He kind of just, like, rushes Strom right off. Then Panarin tries to do the same. Here's I, here's the thing, right? I'm glad the Rangers players stuck up for Bushnevich. Good for them, right? In the same token, man, oh, man, they need to get tougher. 
you know, there are Tom Wilsons, there are, you know, Morins, there are Ross Johnsons, you know, Matt Martins, they're big physical guys out there in the league. You got to add a little more sandpaper to the team long term as the Rangers. They need to do that. That's how you that's how you get rid of the problem. You add a guy like a Ross Johnson to your team. You never have to worry about Tom Wilson doing that crap because all you do is throw a Ross Johnson out there in a line and beat the living pulp out of him. Yeah, and Buznevich jumped on his back too. Panarin, they were all jumping on him. I mean, I'm not excusing what he did, but the Rangers were jumping on him too. So it's like, you know, what what is he going to do? He's not going to sit there and just take that. You're delusional if you think that's what's going to happen. He fought back. And like I said, it was like King Kong shrugging off, you know, some little cheetahs who jumped on, just throwing them all over the place. I mean, I'm not excusing his behavior, but it's not like he just went over to the bench and dragged guys out and punched them on the ice and flipped Panarin over and flip-flop, banged them on the ice. I mean, they were going at him too. It just happens. I've seen him do a lot worse stuff. And here's the thing, right? Tom Wilson's a freaking punk. Nobody disagrees with that. Look at what he was doing there when uh, John Gabriel Paggio was just kind of standing around there. With you know, He's going ahead and hitting his stick and punching him in the face. And I'm like, when I see stuff like that, I get more pissed off than when he's doing, you know, a little bit of, a, you know, pushing and shoving there, punching a guy in the back of the head there in a scrum. Because I think to myself, those referees see John Gabriel Peugeot completely mismatched in sides, standing next to Zane Ochara as well as Tom Wilson. And to think that, hey, Pajot gets a minor penalty for that also because he's standing there with his stick like that and Tom Wilson is punching him in the face when there's no scrum going around, no scrum going around. And, you know, Zaneo Charles throwing his little stick aside. I think to myself, wow, that's completely letting it get out of hand. Obviously, things got out of hand there with the Rangers. But that type of stuff rubs me the wrong way, too. When I see, like, hey, it's a scrum, you know, I'm more excusable there of that. Don't support what he did, throwing the guy there to the ice. But does it shock me with Tom Wilson? Hell no. The guy is what he is. You just wish, I've always said this since the start, you wish he would clean up his game a little bit and just freaking play hockey. You don't agree with me 100% on that grump, but that's fine. We don't have to see eye to eye on that. That's fine. Uh, Getting back to it there, going back through the comments. Uh, Roman L there says, playoffs are a totally different season. Shouldn't judge a few regular season games. Yeah, but you want to have, okay. The thing about this team this is not a team that can turn it on and off. Very few teams are. You have to be supremely talented to be able to turn things on and off as, as, a, as a team in any sport, okay? When the Islanders aren't playing to Barry's system, they're, we're not a good team. So, And we need to go in with confidence. And you don't want to be having a bunch of poor efforts going into the playoffs. I, I'm just going to say that right off the top. I mean – we need to get back to our system and play that predictable Barry Trotz Islander hockey style. It's the, the only way we can win. The, the, the vampire style in the, NH, in the NHL, sucking the life out of other teams. Scott Levy also says, if the uh, speaking of it, Scott Levy says, if they play Islanders hockey, they can beat anyone in the league. If they play like they did versus the Buffalo Sabres, they'll lose in the first round. So, I, you know... So many things have to go right if you were to play perfect Islander-style hockey. And I look at it like this. Not even everything is a foregone conclusion because I thought against Tampa we played pretty damn close to Islanders, perfect Islanders hockey for six games. I really think that. I think we did an unbelievable job last year in the playoffs, an unbelievable job against Tampa. And it's just I, – I, 
it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Can we turn the light switch? You know, I don't think we, I don't think it's as easy as an on and off. We need to rest guys, but I, I would love to see some sort of momentum heading into the playoffs. If we can win the last three games, you know, maybe we have a more cheery outlook, but uh, I don't foresee that. No, I agree with you. Gotcha here. Um, we're getting here to Michael B saying watching the Rangers for any period of time makes me want to eye flush. Um, I was in the two hundreds behind the net when uh, Wilson ended Lubnowski's career. A uh, guy's a thug, but a great hockey player and a top line scorer. Who benefits? He benefits from when he's playing with Ovechkin because defenses have to slough off him, which opens him up for uh, to to do what he does best. That's so it's that's what happens. And and that's what Barry would love to have, honestly, on the first line with Barzell. That's what he'd love. He'd love to have somebody like that. Uh, and that's what he feel that Andrews Lee gives him when he's playing on the first line. Somebody, yeah. who, you know, everyone has to pay attention to the real skilled player, which opens it up for, you know, a guy who's not as skilled. With a heavy presence. I'll tell you this. I really think about it. How much of Tom Wilson's performance on the ice regarding his ability to score? Again, he's a talented player. How much do you think it's positively impacted because of the line he plays on? I think it's I think it's a good point. I think a substantial amount comes from his line mates. True. How much does Tom Wilson really drive on his own? We talk about Andrews Lee not being a guy who really drives offense all that often. Again, it was having a good bounce back year this year, but not a guy who really creates all that often. I mean, we look at Tom Wilson. How much does Tom Wilson actually create? None. That's not his game. It's not his game. He benefits from, uh, um, is it, I think, is Backstrom with Ovechkin now? I know Ovi's out right now, but I don't know if it's he or Kuznetsov who play together. But, you know, he benefits from those two guys who are skilled players. I mean, they have a really perfect mix. You have the ultra-physical Wilson. You got Ovi, who's not afraid to mix it up at all. And you have the finesse player in either Kuznetsov or Backstrom. doesn't matter which one. And he benefits from those two skilled players, without a doubt. Here. And nobody messes with them. Nobody, because honestly, wouldn't you take runs at Backstrom? I mean, I would, but with Wilson on the ice, you're not going to do it. Here, I've got you speaking about Wilson. Here it is. You talked about why they would even play Wilson tonight. Good point. Look at this. Capitals PR there. This is probably about you know, 30, 40 minutes ago saying Tom Wilson will not return to tonight's game due to an upper body injury. I I, again, who knows if he's actually hurt? Probably they just looked at the situation. They're going to try to fight him every single time he's on the ice and say, screw it. You know, we're pushing for the playoffs. We don't want a guy who's, you know, top six talent over there to be injured because they're going to be taking anything they can to try to hurt him. So, what was that? Fight him. so was that like three minutes into the game? 7.13 p.m.? No, 7.13 my time. So it's 8.13 your time. Oh, okay. Okay. So not three minutes into the game, but yeah, it was probably like second period. But here's the thing, right? You know, I think it was foolish to even dress Tom Wilson. They had to know that that was going to happen, but at least he answered the bell. Um, you know, and here's the thing, right? When players that have the playing style that Tom Wilson do get injured and they get, you know, a little bit of their own medicine back, I have no issue with it. Not at all. When you play with fire, sometimes you get burned. You know, yeah. so I've got no issue there with it. And then Frank K also says, oh, Tom, fake bully Wilson out the rest of the game. Because Adam Silver, oops, I mean Batman, needs to protect his new LeBron James of the NHL. Oh, I love the comment though. <laughs> Frank doesn't like Tom Wilson. 
No, for a lot of Islander fans don't like Don Wilson. Yeah, I don't like him either, but you know, he is what he is. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, and here it is. Uh, Brian P also says, Oh, in Tampa lead the league in lead the uh, lead in scoring last year, won the cup, and they're always top three in goals. Uh, four, you know, four conference finals in six years, two cups, and one cup win. Yeah, but here's the thing what did they need to do to get them over the top? Because they were supremely talented, they needed a little bit of physicality and grit, and that's what put them over the top. Yeah, Brian P. also says now Bennett is a point per game type of player under Quinville. Um, and Quinville's, so, Quinville's the most, best coach in the game. Scott Levy also says there Sorokin uh, starts the last three games, or does Varlamov get at least one more start? I think Varlamov gets one more start, but hey, we should be resting Varlamov because as much as I think you know Sorokin is the answer here, goal for the future, Varlamov is the clear number one going into the playoffs. No yep. doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, if you want to get to see Sorokin the rest of this year, watch the next three games. And here's the thing, too. I like Sorokin. I think he's got a lot of room to grow. That being said, you ride the hot hand in the playoffs. I think the hot hand clearly, though, is Varlamov. Yeah. I don't think it's like, hey, Sorokin stood on his head there as of recent, where it's like, hey, he's thrown together four or five games where he's standing on top of it, you know, stopping everything that comes his way, shutout after shutout. Varlamov obviously is the hot goalie. And he's played unbelievably well this season. He's got to be your main guy there in the playoffs. Yeah. And Barry, as much as already said that. So he said it earlier in the year, that was never going to change. He's going to go with the veteran. And he should in this instance, without a doubt. Um, Rusty Spooner also says, uh, Wallstrom is a guy we better not trade. We're a completely different team when he's in lineup. No, we're never going to trade Oliver Wallstrom. I couldn't see that. Never say never. Never say never. I'm, I'm hitting. We're not trading him now. Is that what, what song is that? Never say never. I think it's a Justin Bieber song. I have no idea. It used to be a James Bond movie. Never say never again. Um, I think that was the return of uh, Sean Connery. I think that was the last time that he played James Bond. Uh, but uh, they're not going to trade Oliver Wallstrom. The only time they might consider trading when he comes up for a contract renegotiation. Renegotiation. Jesus or, Christ, grumpy old man. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know. I spit it out. Whenever he's due for another contract where he could possibly potentially leave, like they did with the Bond tapes. Uh, and then uh, Brett, let's go out. Just says, grumpy old man is Bailey fan now. Uh, so many compliments lately. Okay. I always speak the truth. If Bailey does something good, I compliment him. Like I said, most times he doesn't. And like he's still a parasite as far as I'm concerned. He's better than a sidecar parasite. I, I just have a lot of those names for him. But, I mean, he had a nice, beautiful assist for Anthony Bavillier. But the laugher was Buffalo thinking he was going to shoot the puck and have two guys go to him. Uh, Bailey? I mean, do they not watch any film up in Buffalo? Any? I mean, they should know he's never going to shoot. He tries to pass on shootouts. He tries to pass out. He tries to pass the puck to the goal. He tries to pass the puck to the back of the net, right? Well, uh, well. Anyway, uh, yeah, you got the you got the shirt coming in there, grumpy old man. I can't wait for you to wear your Josh Bailey shirt. Oh goodness gracious! Um, and, and then Cliff Neal also says, "Hey, grumpy, does the phrase you 'You're killing me, Smalls' scream through your head when TJ has one of those uh, Primrose Path Pollyanna episodes?" Yes, it does. Absolutely. You're killing me, Smalls. Yes. No. TJ, do you know what movies that, that's from? Uh, what? The Sandlot. Come on now, Grom. Don't do that to me. Don't Come on. Don't downplay me like that. 
Okay. And then Brian P also says uh, Bello still has more goals uh, and Andrews Lee spot three games, three goals. Leo Zajac and Bailey have two goals in 23 games since. That's what happens when you're playing, you know, just parasites, ham and egg or Jags guys from the devils. That's what happens when you put up the good ship lollipop on that line. What do you expect? And people, well, why is it Matt Barzell scoring? Because he's playing with a Jag in Jordan Everly and a sub Jag with Leo, Zajac, and Bailey. Did you just call Jordan Everly a Jag? He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Streaky guy. He's yeah, okay. He's a streaky guy, but that's the first time we've used Jordan Everly in the context yeah, but, of being a but Jag. He's past his prime. I mean, Jordan Everly's what, 30, 31 years old now? He's past his prime. He is. Robin Stewart also said Mike Bossy had BT19. I don't know what that means. I was hoping you knew, Grump, but um, I don't know. I don't know, Robin. We tried. Uh, Michael O'Donnell there says, if we face Washington the first round, we need to dress Ross Johnston. I agree. Will I agree. Washington, Washington has a bully mentality as a team. And you need someone who can who has to uh, be a detriment to that, and that's Ross Johnson. I don't think you're going to see it, but that's what we need to do. Anytime that we're playing Washington, Tom Wilson's playing, Ross Johnson needs to be on the ice. And then uh, Professor P also said Bossy had 573 goals and an injury shortened a 10-year career. Enough. Yep. Yeah, um, absolutely. Robin Stewart also says, these are the same people that panicked last year too. The funny thing about it, it Robin, is if we did not have that, if we did not have that extended break, we every Hounder fan had reason to panic last year. We we're on a seven-game losing streak. Was still out injured. We brought in Andy Green, who really didn't fix the issue all that much. And you know, we we were two for we had two wins in our last thirteen games. You know, I think about that. We had what was it a twenty-one or twenty-two game point streak. And then we went on, you know, a seven-game losing streak, and we had, you know, two wins in a thirteen-game stretch. If we didn't have the bubble, who knows what it would have looked like? Because technically, when the season ended due to the hiatus, we technically were not in a playoff spot. I know we had games in hand on top of, you know, the Panthers. We had games in hand on top of the Carolina Hurricanes and other teams, but still, we technically weren't in the playoffs at that time period. We wouldn't have made playoffs because that that team had shot its bolt at that point. It was the rest that we got that let all the old guys get rejuvenated. And we came out, our benefit is the first round. We wound up playing uh, a team that was really poorly coached in Washington. And then we just squeaked through and beat Philadelphia, um, even though I thought we dominated them for the most part. I had no I had no thought that we would ever lose to Philly. Even throughout the playoffs, I, I thought there was no way in hell we'd ever lose to Philly. I didn't think we would either. And I, you remember at the time – I said that we are the team that was really going to benefit the most from having that time off. And like I said, we don't have that now. And you're just seeing our guys are worn down and we're not going to have time to recover come playoff time. We're just not. Even with giving a guy a game off here or there, just we're not. Uh, what a film says, Varlamov helps the Islanders win the first round. Barzal will be on fire. You watch, Grumpy. You know what? I'd love to have it happen. I just don't see it right now. I'm sorry I don't. Roman Legion there says two negative three straight years in the playoffs. So that's that's where we can disagree. That's where that's where uh, the Grump and I and most Islander fans disagree. 
the goal is not to make the playoffs as much as that is, you know, welcome news and welcome uh, play there for the Islanders to consistently be in the playoffs. That's something I expect. I mean, like you know, the Islanders have been losers for so long that, you know, fans are excited that, Hey, we're making the playoffs again. Uh, you know, I want to get it to a point where not, I mean, I, again, as I've mentioned, the organization has the expectation that we make the playoffs every year, which is good. I think the fans should also have that expectation too. It's- yeah. Just making the playoffs. I'm sorry. Uh, 16 teams, a half the teams in the league make the playoffs. I mean, you know, you want to be better than midway point in the league. Yeah. Okay. I think we're better than midway point in the league, but I, I do get your point. Uh, moving right along there, grumpy old man. Um, uh, Patrick V there says, I think if we don't go far in the playoffs, we gotta have to, we're gonna have to consider a new coach and general manager and get rid of the older players and start from scratch. I don't agree with that. The reason being here, you know, new coach and general manager, not so much. Maybe you could sell me on general manager, but still not so much. There's no way they're letting Lou go. That being said, I don't have an issue with us revamping our team starting with some new players. You're going to ha- I I would love to lose a player with a larger contract here in this expansion draft. Would it will it happen? No idea. Yeah, for me, you're not going to see Lamarillo or Trotsko. That's not going to happen. We've had success. Yes, we're not going to win a Stanley Cup with them in charge. Uh I would like to see a change in style from how we play a little bit. And is Barry capable of doing that? Is he capable of trying to incorporate a more offensive style into our game? Because as good as we play like this, we're not good enough to win a Stanley Cup. So something has to happen. And right now we're kind of hamstrung. No salary cap money, no draft picks. It's going to be the same cast of characters back. I mean, uh, uh, where do you go from here? It's like I don't see how we can make improvement unless we're able to move some guys with, with term and who are older players. And I don't think Lou has shown that he's capable of doing that right now. Gotcha. Uh, and what a films there says, uh, you know, it's just, just a bump on the road. The Islanders will bounce back. Nice podcast guys. Uh, just got to believe in the never say die, never say die attitude. Grump. Yeah. Um, but I can be a little bit unhappy right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just, I'm just, I'm just unhappy with the way we're playing right now. You should be kind of gearing up towards – you want to be getting stronger as you get into the playoffs, not, you know, the other way. Not meandering about for certain there, Grumpy Old Man. Uh, and then uh, Christopher C. there says, Grumpy Old Man, do you believe Trotz should upgrade his system by balancing vets with young players uh, on each line instead of the system we have now with vets and vets and young with young? Yeah, I'd love to see him do that, but he's kind of – I think he develops a rash – Anytime he puts a young guy in a lineup, uh, I'm a firm believer that, you know what, you let the young guys learn on the job. So when the older guys are out, you're not going to have to worry about training those guys then. They should already be part of the system. You want Oliver Wallstrom to be a, first, a front-line player. That's what you want. Starting next year, that's where he should be on the first line. Yeah, I don't care if you got to move Everly down. If you don't want to have him switch sides, you needed somebody who can shoot the puck and be a sniper to play with Matt Barzell. And think about it too, right? I, it's weird as it sounds. I think Oliver Wallstrom is a more consistent point producer than Jordan Everly if he was given the, the same amount of ice time and the same exact line mate. I really do believe that. I think consistency-wise, I think you pretty much get – I know there was a little bit of a lull in the road 
uh, there for Wallstrom after he had, I think it was like five or six games there with like uh, seven or eight points. And again, people point to, oh, you know, the next few games are miserable. Look at this. Look at that. You know, I think he's relatively – I think Jordan Ebley streaky as hell. I think just like Anthony Bavillier, streaky as hell. Yeah, when there's and those two guys are the uh, I'm not gonna say virtually the same player because Anthony Bavilia has more jump than Jordan Everly, particularly at this point in his career. Um, but uh, Oliver Wallstrom, he's a sniper. He's a sniper. That's what he brings to the table. Um, you know, Everly, he is streaky. I mean, he is. If he's on a hot streak, he's great. Like he was in the playoffs a couple of years ago. He was the only guy who was scoring, but most times he's not. I mean, that's what happens when you get older. Streaky scores, it's not like they get uh, – it's not like you're going to get more production out of them the older they get. Mm-hmm. This, the positive streak is going to be less than the, the shorter, than the streaks when you're not scoring. Gotcha, grumpy old man. Brian P. there says, uh, that's not true, TJ, uh, about Trotz. Washington had a top three team uh, and record his first three seasons. They won President's Trophy – and were top five in defense every year. Trotz was there. Uh, they were number one in defense uh, when the Pengs t- when the Penguins took them out. How okay? Yeah. The the biggest thing. No, no. Well, this is getting back to the comment. They didn't have buy in. I mean, like I, again, this is just from recollection. I do not recall Alexander Ovechkin legitimately back checking until the final year that Barry Trotz was there. I mean, like total and complete buy-in. There is not a single player on our team that would not completely buy into this team, to buy into this system. I, I felt it took Alexander Ovechkin a while to say yes. I will work just as hard back checking as I do there and trying to create offensive opportunities. Yeah, I mean, the, the issue with Washington was they could never beat Pittsburgh. They couldn't beat them. Pittsburgh had the Indian sign on. They could never beat them. Just couldn't. And until uh, the last year, that was the only time. And, you know, say what you will, uh, Mike Sullivan's a good coach too. And, you know, Barry's system is kind of predictable. I mean, you know, think about it. They were this close to being knocked out in the first round in the year they won the cup. They were this close. Okay, I hate those arguments. I freaking hate those arguments, Grump. I hate when people say, well – it's really close to being knocked out the first round of the playoffs, but then you know they got the monkey off their back and they won the Stanley Cup. I, I'm sorry, that, that, those those really don't carry too much weight because they still won when it comes down to it, and a win's a win's a win in the playoffs. Don't matter how you do it, doesn't matter how you do it. All that matters is that you do it. Okay, uh, move, moving right along there. Sal P there says uh, the rest of the league hated Darius Kasparitis back in the day. Yep. We all loved him. Yeah, you love that kind of player on your team. It's the truth, right? All these guys, all the fans say they hate, they take them on our team in a second. Uh, and then Roman Legion also says there are truth. As long as we have trots, we'll be solid. Lou just needs to get more offense. Yeah, you, you just summed up Barry Trotz in a second. We'll be solid. We'll be okay. We'll qualify for playoffs. Maybe win a round before we get knocked out. That's just been his career. That's been his career everywhere he's been except for the one year. That's been his career. He's only got out of the second round of the playoffs twice in his whole career. Hmm. <sighs> Grumpfield, man, you and I differ there a little bit. I think okay. if we add – again, the buy-in on this team is crazy. If you can add a little bit more offensive offensive pop and you had the same buy-in, I really think sky's the limit. But you but don't you have real- the offensive pop. You don't have the offensive pop. You realize they – 
they, they don't care about offensive pop. They try to take the offensive, the key offensive elements, they try to take it away from you. They don't want any sacrifice of defensive style for offensive pop. That's the problem. That's the issue right there in a nutshell. Matt, they don't want Matt Barzell doing the things he does because they could lead to turnovers, which could lead to scoring chances the other way. They'd much rather have him just dump the puck in. They'd just do a dump and chase game if they could get away with that. I mean, that's just the way they are. Well, Brian Jay wants to know, when are the Islanders going to get a superstar player? Okay, I don't think we're acquiring a superstar player through free agency or trade anytime soon. I think guys like Matt Barzol and Oliver Wallstrom have qualities and traits that could elevate them to an elite status player. Again, they're not there yet. I think they could go ahead and do that, you know, as long as things do align correctly. I mean, Matt Barzal head over heels is the best player on our team. Just look at how many uh, highlight real caliber goals he has. You just wonder what his season would have looked like, too, with, with Andrews Lee on his left wing as well. I mean, I know you call him average Andrews all the time, Grump, but it's been quite obvious that, you know, the next best item we had to throw out there, whether it be Leo, Zajac, Michael Zocold, you name it, was nowhere near the production of Andrews Lee. That's a failure of Lou Lamarillo. That's Lou Lamarillo's failure. One guy gets hurt, and I mean, here's the thing. When Andrews Lee was first injured, we were okay for a while, but the team as a whole hit the wall, and it's not because Anders Lee isn't here. It's because we get worn out playing that physical grind style. That's why we hit the wall. We hit the wall the same time of last year as well, the same exact time, number of games. We hit the wall. Can't play that style long term. Too physically taxing. Uh, Robin Stewart also says wins are fun. Talking about fun hockey, and you know, and he or she also asked there, who are we protecting in the expansion draft? That's an off-season issue, but uh, I've let it be known. Anyone who's making money should be exposed. I'm protecting young guys who are on cheap deals over anyone who makes money. I don't. They can only lose one guy. What does it matter? We're a team of Jags. I could care less who we lose as long as we get salary cap money back. That's all I care about. If they want Josh Bailey, Nick Letty, Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle, see you later. No problem at all there. I'm not I'm not giving them the option to take Scott Mayfield or Kiefer Bellows. Um, you know, I mean, Pellick, I know he's going to get protected, but I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not going to protect anyone who's 30 years old and has term on their contract. Sorry. Expose them. And Robin also says there, John Tavares, uh, loss was a gain. Uh, but to get nothing for a marquee player is horrible for years to come. Robin. The ultimate failure of Garth Snow. Robin, that is what makes Islander, that's what makes me irate about the entire John Tavares situation. Grump is going to try to paint it like I am uh, upset, like a spurned lover. I'm upset that we got nothing in return for such a valuable player. That's what I'm upset about. I. That's when I get upset. It's because of that reason. Yeah, it's the ultimate loss of... Uh, the ultimate failure of Garth Snow is the way he handled John Tavares. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, uh, Professor P there says, what's the name of the other podcast I need to subscribe? It's called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Can be found there on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter as well. 
the last episode we did a draft. Oh my gosh, man! I tell you that was rough. But uh, TJ didn't want to listen to me on how we should do it, so it turned out to be miserable because it was four hours of TJ talking about offensive tackles. Anyway, moving right along there. Wood of Films also says, uh, I love you guys. Hope I'm watching you in the second round there. Uh, yeah, again, like even when the season ends, we don't stop the podcast. Podcast always goes on in the off season too. So there's always Islanders content to talk about. And Grump and I always have talked. We've been now talking Islanders for what is it, four or five years? Grumpy old A man. lot of years. A lot of years. Oh, many years. Many, many years there. Um, Scott L. also says, another issue with the Islanders is when the teams catch up to the Islanders' style of play. With the fast four check, dump and chase style, and do the same thing, uh, do the and do the same style to play the Islanders. Barry does not adjust his coaching style, and the players are like deer in the headlights and don't know how to react. That will be a problem for the Islanders in the playoffs. Right, I've talked about this numerous times. Uh, teams that give us a hard a hard time are the teams that are really aggressive on the four check. They give us a hard time, and he's right. Barry does he never adjusts the system. That's why. He doesn't win as many cups as he probably should have because you could find coaches on other staffs, particularly with teams who are less talented, who are just like, you know what, we're going to do something a little different. He, there's no secret to what Barry uh, Barry style is, none at all, and he does not deviate from the plan. Absolutely, a grumpy old man. Uh, oh. Oh, gotcha. I'm just grunting, getting here through the last few comments here. Nick D says, TJ Grump, what's up? Great shirt. Grumpy, grumpy. You're running everybody over with the Ramon shirt. Um, who doesn't love the Ramones? The KKK took my uh, baby away. How many games do you think the Islanders will win in the first round? Gosh, I want to say two. I hope. I just, I just don't think we're playing well right now. I just... I mean, I just wish we were playing a little bit better. I'd feel a little bit better. Bold prediction time. Bold prediction. Oh, if we play the Washington Capitals, I think we go seven games. I'm not sure who's winning it. I really think it's going right down the I know you're not going to agree with me here. I really think the Washington Capitals are a better matchup for us than the Pittsburgh Penguins. I do not like the Penguins. I just... I... Okay. How Even many times have we beat Washington this year out of eight care. games? Don't care. Don't okay. care. Here, here's the thing, right? Playoffs are a whole different animal. And uh, out of eight games, I can't tell you the exact record we've got against Washington. Um, I know we've lost a lot of games against Washington with Alexander Ovechkin not in the lineup. I know the Capitals are 3-0 and against us when Ovechkin was out of the lineup. So I do find that quite odd. I just think uh, matchup-wise, again, you know, you talk about the playoffs as a little extra, just a little bit of extra sauce on there. And I think that if we played the Capitals – I think we've got that. Again, like the Penguins, I'm not sure. And I, I, Sidney Crosby owns the Islanders. I do not want to see us playing against a guy who is known for lighting up the score sheet against us. That's that's not what I want. If I'm picking a team that we could play against, it's the Capitals. I just – I think with Laviolette's coach, that negates the coaching advantage that we had last year. Um, and Ovi is hurt. So, you know, that's even probably worse news for us. I think he uh, two days ago he just came out and skated I think one or two shifts with that lower body injury and he had to go back off. So to me, I don't expect to see him play the rest of the way just to get him healthy for the playoffs. Brian J wants to know Gatorade is Gatorade better than water? Water, grumpy old man. Water sucks. It Gatorade really is sucks. better. Oh goodness, I love the reference. Take it on the field. I love. 
<laughs> I love the reference there. Do you guys think Bailey will be traded for a first rounder? No, 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 no. Who would who in their right mind would trade a first round pick for Josh Bailey? Why would you trade Josh Bailey? If I could get Josh Bailey's contract off my books, Josh Bailey does not have a bad contract. We've talked about this. There's a lot okay. worth if I'm if I'm gutting contracts, Josh Bailey's contract is one of the last things on my to-do list. He's five million a year. You have no money. If any if here's the thing, if anyone offered me a first round pick for anyone on this team making five million and above, I take it. Any player, anyone. Lee. Varlamov yes. take a first rounder for Varlamov, he'd say goodbye, Varley. Yes. Anything to take. We don't have any cap money. We have no cap money. Stop. You got to be more selective if you're going to be. No one's, no one's going to give you a first round pick for a 32 year old goaltender making five million a year. It's just not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen either. But still, I wouldn't trade Varlamov for a first round pick either. I mean, he's been too consistent. He's played too well there with Barry. And, and it's you know, the system. I know. I know it's a system. Trust me. I know it's a system. The system definitely helps. I still wouldn't trade a guy who's excelled in the system because your system's not going away. Barry Trotz isn't going away. Get the players that fit in the system. Because, again, as much as they think that Sorokin will be a good fit here long-term, he's still not 100% acclimated and fit with the system. Let's be quite frank about it. When it's when it's the system, you could get any goalie out there on the street, and there's plenty of them available every year, and just pop them right into the lineup, working with Korn and Greco, and with the Barry Trust system, they put up similar numbers, just like Robin Leonard did, just like Varlamov did, just like Grice did. It doesn't matter the goaltending position. If anyone's offering you a first-round pick for anyone who's making any money on this team, you must take it. It gets you can infuse young talent into your into your farm system, and you get money off your cap, so you can potentially go out and get somebody who can produce in the offensive end. That's what you do. I would love for every team in the league to offer us first round picks for Lee, Letty, uh, Nelson, Eberly, Bailey, all of them. Take it. I'll take five first round picks. You can have all these guys, and I'll take the cap money every day of the week. Mighty, ah, oh, Grump. I can't. I can't. I can't even with that. I stop. I mean, you'd be fine with us going back to a perpetual loser again for a complete rebuild. Okay. No. No. I would have confidence in Lou Lamarillo to build a team from the ground up. That's what I. That's what I wanted him to do when they first came in. I was willing to go through a rebuild with Lou Lamarillo in charge because I feel he could do it. That's what I want. I don't want to try to just patch things together to try to. Keep this team borderline competitive. Here's the thing. After the trades that Lou Lamarillo's made and the free agent acquisitions, what makes you think that he can rebuild a team successfully? Rebuild he did team. it in Toronto. He did it in Toronto using draft picks and drafting young players. That's what he did. How much of that also was affected by DeBoss? None. All okay. those players were picked before DeBoss came in, DeMoss came in there. I mean, Lou Lamarillo was the GM. He's, he was the guy who drafted all those young players. He's capable of doing it. Don't tell me he's not capable. I believe he certainly is. That's what I want him to do when he came here. I'd rather get rid of these guys who are just Jags and start over because the the Islander fan base would have bought into that when he first came in. They were used to losing anyway. Okay, what's the difference? But if you would have had him come in there and for the last three years just load up on first-round draft picks, moving those other guys out, you could have restocked your system, and then everybody grows up together in the same system, just like they did in Toronto. 
I would have loved for them to do that. <sighs> too late for that now. Too late for that now. Jesus. I was about to say, Grom. There's too much to unpack in that. We're towards the end. Number one, you made. I think you. I think that's one of the biggest comments or compliments you've ever given Lou Lamarillo that you still think he could have possibly completely rebuilt the team because you have confidence in him in that capacity. Without a doubt, his mistake is thinking that this team is capable of winning a Stanley Cup when it's not. That's his mistake. Brian Jay, they're saying, I'm just waiting for Barzal to ask for a trade, LOL. Hey, you know, Paul Bissonnette said that he should never sign back with the Islanders. They play boring hockey. Who wants to play on a team where they don't worry about scoring? Uh, you know, said that in the offseason. Why the hell would you even bother signing that restricted free agent contract there with the Islanders? Well, I think he, I think he likes it here, but I'm going to tell you what. Eventually, it kind of gets old when you're made the scapegoat all the time for everything that goes wrong with the team. When you're shackled with talents like Komarov or Zajac on your first line, that kind of gets old. I mean, if he was on another team, he probably averaged like 100 points a year because he's he's an offensive player. That's he, what he is. He put up more than a point a game. That's for certain. He'd be more than an 80 point, you know, on a regular season type of guy. Um, Tommy B chimes in here saying. Uh, Regular season goal is to make playoffs. Two different seasons. Here's the thing, Tommy. If that's the case, you don't even have a goal in the regular season because it's expected. I'm a real good teams and a winning caliber teams. You don't even think about making the playoffs because it's expected. You're just like, okay, if I don't make the playoffs, I'm afraid to show my face and down. I can't go ahead and wear my Islanders colors because that's how much is expected for us to win. And I think that is the mindset of the Islanders. I'm just saying the fan base has the same mindset too. It's good that we're making the playoffs, but it's not like we're throwing a parade down Main Street because we made the playoffs three years in a row. That's expected, and I'm glad that has changed. Again, another great thing Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz have done. They've completely changed the culture where I think on the team and in the organization, it is expected to make the playoffs. They don't get excited when they hear, yeah, we've clinched. It's expected. Yep. Thank you, TJ, for reiterating the point that I made earlier in the podcast. You did it almost as well as I did. Oh, stop. I do it way better than you. I do your job way better than you, Grump. Anyway, Mario there says, uh, anybody who thinks Trotz will adapt or modify his system hasn't been watching Trotz the last 19 years. He's right. Uh, but you know what? I'm Here's the thing. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. That's all I'm saying. I'm hoping that we modify the, the system a little bit to get over the hump. With this group of players, you're going to have to do something a little different. Phil Fax said, "I'd love to debate the Toronto rebuild with Grump one day. He's a bit off. He's a bit off on how the rebuild went down." Okay, we can do that someday. Not today. Not today. We're that's an off. That's an off season show. I was about to say that's not that's not bad there for an off season show. There, that'll that'll, that'll matter. In fact, I want to do that as an off season show. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, oh. Nick D says, who's going to take over for Lou when he decides it's time to hang up the pen? I like the way he said that instead of hang up the hang up the jersey. Hang up the pen. Who do you think, Grump? Um, no idea yet. I don't no, think he's going anywhere anytime soon. I just hope it's not Chris Lamarillo. He shouldn't go anywhere anytime soon either. Again, like, you know, even though we're not, you know, I don't think he deserves to go anywhere anytime soon. Let me put it like that. Yeah, I don't think his trade was good, but no, he's not. You can't fire Lou Lamarillo at this point or Barry. No way. Well, he said when it's time to hang it up. Uh, I just hope it's not Chris Lamarillo. That's all. Oh, goodness. There's just old grumpy old man. Well, Grump, we're right at about two hours and 30 minutes. What do you have to say here before we wrap things up, Grump? Yeah, I just, like I said, I'm hoping that we can turn it around here these last three games, but I'm not feeling confident. 
in that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and like I say, always love and laughter to everyone who listens to this podcast and even the ones who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, Grumpy, for being a part of the podcast as always. My uh, pleasure. Hopefully some players get some rest, some guys who play key major roles, who log a lot of minutes, get some rest here, get ready for the playoffs, get ready for the push. I want to thank you, Grump, and thank you everybody who listened and tuned into the live stream again. You know, Grump and I are two big Islander fans who love talking to sport, love talking about our Islanders. Uh, so thank you, everybody, who tuned in. Again, thank you, Grumpy Old Man. Thank you. Remember, tomorrow we are going live. Uh, it's Thursday. It's going to be with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. You can find that podcast and live stream there on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. But again, thank you for tuning in. Let's go, Islanders. A big wrap-up here for the end of the season. We're going to be going live after Islanders game. They play on Saturday, right, Grumpy? We're going to be going live Saturday post-game after the Islanders hopefully beat the New Jersey Devils. Well, thank you, Grumpy. Thank you.